Warning. 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 Trigger alert. She about to say some real shit. Hey, Brad. Howdy. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing great today. How are you? Fantastic. Fantastic. I'm really ready for this show. This is this is gonna be a We got good motherfucking podcast. pistol Pete. You said that he's a pistol. The Utes in the neighborhood. And he's a fucking pistol. He <laughs> well, yes, he is a he is a real pistol. So um PJ for People who don't know, which he's one of the most like infamous of all graffiti writers, mm-hmm. um, doing some of the most well-known trains that like Merry Christmas train. Oh, yeah. That I mean. Really? Oh, I didn't see. Yeah. Okay. And um, he is uh, also this incredible New York character. Oh, God. For real. <laughs> You know. Dude, you couldn't cast that guy. You, I mean. He's going to have to play himself. <laughs> in, imagine him playing like a teenager. It'd be cute. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so PJ is just sort of this person that like people talk about and had these like infamous stories about, but doesn't really do like interviews. So I'm like super, He's, super excited about, yeah, about this one. He's got he's got the stories to he's tell. He's got Dude, the stories. I, I feel like we could do a part two with him. So there um, used to be. I mean, it still exists. There were th- these um, videos that were made back in the day called Videograph by by my boy Carl Weston, who was going around, and there was this, this infamous like PJ piece. And I don't think he was doing anything with Videograph for, like, a long time, so they were all over YouTube. And now there's just, like, one a one-minute segment of the interview and a one-minute segment of him painting where I couldn't go back to find, like, the sound bites that I had originally oh, really? wanted to hear about him, like, beefing with certain people and, you know, his... His line of, you know, no skimpy tag shit. Yeah, that sounds like a good one. That was a soundbite? <laughs> That's a soundbite, oh, but I fuck. couldn't find it anywhere on the on the web. I, like, Googled the phrase. Because like, PJ, as he'll tell you, man, he's protecting his privacy. He is, uh, yes, he's I guess. scraped the internet. You are not going to be able to get it, <laughs> right, unless you're in Montana. Montana, guy? there's a website. You can find anything <laughs> on PJ. <laughs> he knows he knows the right people. <laughs> let's uh let's give a listen. Yeah. Come on. Do it. All right. <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi! <laughs> Happy New Year. I'm so excited that we're here with the infamous PJ. 
So where are you um, originally from? I was born and raised in the Bronx, and I still reside in the South Bronx. Uh, uh, Outside of five years, I lived in Chicago, which was probably the best years of my life. But uh, for the most part, I stayed And what years were that? Uh, 73 to 78. And you were how old? I was uh, 11 to 15, 16. And those were the best years of your life? Yes. Well— do you think it was because of Chicago or it just was like the age? The change of scenery and the uh, the rites of passage that was afforded to me that one as a, living in the urban jungle of New York City would never get, even though Chicago was a metropolitan city. They would still have their plot of grass. You got your driver's license at 15 through high school, uh, driver's ed, and the police there, they grabbed you. It was like out of the little rascals. They catch you in mischief. They kicked your ass took you to your house, and whoever entered the door better smack you up in front of the cops. And that was the end of it. It wasn't like, okay, now you're going to spot for a kid here. Your juvie, the parents don't show up. We don't care. You know, it's just, I just, I just. Oh, Chicago. (laughs) And uh, and you came back to New York City with your family? No, my, my, I I lived out there with my uncle and my older brother. My, Uh My parents sent us out there when they were going through a divorce. So it's been temporary, just like for the summer. Right. And come around September, my uncle's like, hey, how would you like to go to school here? So he walks us by me by the middle school. I'm saying, oh, it's nice, you know, field and a pool. Sure. He walks my brother by the high school. How about you? Yeah, sign me up. Boom, I didn't realize what it entailed. Next thing you know, two weeks later in the mail, I'm getting my winter clothes. And then I realize, <laughs> right. I'm that going back to New York, you know, like, oh. <laughs> Wait a minute, I didn't sign up for this. Yeah. You know, it wasn't correspondence questions, that's for sure, you know. But, uh, but so it gave you like a completely different vantage point and you were treated um, much. I mean, I feel like New York City in the, in the, seven, the early 70s is a very hostile, hostile environment. Yeah, when I left even in 73, I believe it was at the cusp of really falling off the cliff. You know, like uh, I, I go back to the old neighborhood. I grew up like I wanted 170th in Jerome, and I still passed by there. And uh, back then it was a strong Irish and mm-hmm. the Jewish neighborhood, the concourse, right mm-hmm. off the block off the concourse. And and they were they were starting to wane. Once Co-op City opened, they all right. fled Everybody to Co-op left City. Everybody left Co-op City, right. And, 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 and that was the infrastructure started to fall then and uh, – you had the the police problems and the uh, Lindsay, the mayor, and everything. It was just uh, it's just a grab. Everyone was grabbing what they could, and it, you know, like this, that was back then. The strong really survived. I mean, uh, the rest just disappeared. It could be never heard of again. So you came back to New York and you finished high school here. Yes, I finished high school. I actually finished early because I, t- I took in Chicago to have shop classes. You learn trades mm-hmm. and. You have two periods of wood shop, auto mechanics. Teach you to take a car apart. You come back here. They're like, "Whoa, wait a second. This is this counts as double credit." I said, "Okay, oh. you tell me. You're graduating in January now. Okay, thank you." And so, when did you? When did like graffiti first catch your eye? I remember graffiti prior to when I was a ten or eleven. Uh-huh. The four line used to pass right by my house. I remember the rift top to bottoms. I was a kid. I actually sitting on a train one day, and El Marco one seventy four came in. I guess from high school students, male and female, and he started tagging Marco 174 on the on the headliner. And here's something interesting, which I, nobody can seem to find. There used to be where the 44 precinct is now, like at 165th, mm-hmm. uh, 166th. It's called the Cabana Club. It used to be called the Cabana Club. It was like a, a private pool, predominantly Jewish. Mm-hmm. And like I said, when the, when you had the migration 
uh, the, 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 the Bronx the was were, so Jewish. But when they fled, right. they were right up the block and the concourse was the biggest temple there. Right. And uh, so it was abandoned. It had a pool. They had cabanas there. The, 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 well, the well-doing Jews had a membership there. Mm-hmm. So that was abandoned. And we walking by one day. And like I said, I was about 11 years old. And they had sheets hung up inside the abandoned pool. And people were painting graffiti. I was sitting on the old diving board. There was a guy there in a camera. And he panned up right. Me and my friend sitting on the diving board watched. And and I know Tracy168 was there because I, I told I told Jason about this. I said, yo, what's this? Yeah, yeah. And Jason was like, he, asked, uh, he always thought I was crazy. You're crazy. I'm telling you, I remember this like uh, – uh, so he, uh, Tracy was like, said it was some guy from NYU who was, who did it for some kind of project for his, his doctor or his master's in NYU. Cause I said, if you were to get that footage or right. it was just insane. I, and, and, uh, I, I was just like so fortunate. And I think it'd be so cool. Here I am, little Petey at 11 years old, just mm-hmm. sitting, you know. chilling at the diving board when people were, uh, making graffiti for NYU. <laughs> <laughs> But that was that, you know, and, and I went to Chicago. There was really nothing there. And so there was no graffiti in Chicago? None that I, I – there was, was gang, graffiti. gang graffiti. Grand gold, okay. gang graffiti? Gang gold. Because really graffiti has that was its a tr- roots in tr- gang. Right. right? I'm going to tell you about that. I grew up – when I went to Chicago, okay, so you gave up one thing, but now you had the gangs. And they drafted you. Mm-hmm. You either joined or – I had this Japanese kid. I remember he was like a little, little, little MacGyver. Before there was a MacGyver, he'd make all these little zip guns just mm-hmm. playing around and – the gang's got a hold of him and say, yeah, you're going to join us. He says, no, I'm not. I said, he said, yes, you are. And so one day I walked by, his mother's like wiping the blood off the garage. They, they took him outside and blew his head off. What was he, 13, 14 years old? And next day, the family was never to be heard of. They packed up and, and left, you know? Jesus. You know, you had the, the Latin Kings, the Simon City Royals, the Popes. It's like, it, it would, if you were to, I guess if, if you were to try to do like your regular graffiti, graffiti as we know it, uh, contemporary graffiti, I'm sure if they were to roll up upon you, you'd have to be wary about You're not just going to whitewash sure. some SCR, which is the Simon City Royals or the Gangster Disciples, thinking they're going to walk, yo, what are you doing? That would be the ultimate diss rather than, you were definitely getting dropped right there. Right. Same as California. People like roll up on right. California people. You got the gangs. That, well, why do you think gang culture here in New York really like died out? I think, it's still, it w- I think it's still there, but it's like it's just – But it's, it's more, not as prevalent. As, I mean, it is still there. It's gang, there. but it's more of a commercial gang. It's a, it's a criminal commercial right, enterprise. Right, it's a, this right, was it's more territorial, right, you know, right, right, and strength right. in numbers. Let's go bust heads type, you right. know. Right. Like, we'll police our own The warriors type sure, stuff. Sure, now sure, now sure. the gangs are more – they're into the extortion, the drugs, uh, allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, so you you noticed graffiti in the Bronx. When did you first start writing graffiti? Uh, 78. I was just scribbling by my house. I, when I came back, I came back to live with my mother and my sister. And at the time, she was on Castle Hill, Virgil Place. And, and they had a... Uh, they had like... People used to play paddleball back then. Mm-hmm. That was another lost thing in New York with the, the Black Beauty paddles and everything. And... And I just started scribbling. Actually, I started doing Joker pieces. I was going to ask you, what's your, what was your first tag? You were a Joker? Joker? Yeah, I was doing Joker. Ayo, Joker. This guy, I, was, I was in Lehman High School. I went to Lehman. Mm-hmm. So I was, was an alumni for a lot of top people. And like people, you know, like I used to 
be a sarcastic guy, they say. So this guy says, yo, you, you should write Joker. Okay, Joker. And then, uh, so then I, I, I hooked up with another guy, a famous guy, a uh, scene. And uh, he's like, uh, yeah, forget that. Do Ryder. Because I used to, then we moved back in, in late 78. I brought my apartment in, uh, where I live now. And I used to ride the train there. He goes, yo, Ryder. Where's he at? Oh, he's riding over here when everyone else lived in the neighborhood. So Aww. my first piece on the train was a Ryder piece. And uh, ride or die, baby. Right, right to die. But uh, <laughs> then, um, so then we came like we we started the bombing aspect and everything. We had a kid in our crew called JD. His partner was Die Frankie Die. So he's like, "Yo, JD, what's your, what's your initials?" So he asked me my initials. So that's where I became PJ, which you became, became PJ. good because I could use the PJ for bombing. It, be, it became more uh, beneficial uh, than Ryder is uh, because I could use a PJ for bombing or for the pieces. I could throw the AOI on it. And uh, so it was all around. JD had to do it. He was doing the J-Y-D-E's. I don't know if you remember those. He did the uh-huh. blockbuster back in the sixes. But, uh, and that stuck. So. And so I was, I was, my next question was who, who did you begin writing with? So it, it was Scene, was it? Yeah, it was, uh, yeah. And so how did you meet Scene? Oh, actually, uh, he, he he left school. He never finished school. His brother Mad went to Lehman too. That's he got. And uh, so one day uh, I was hanging out. Everyone, everyone at the table there, the early people of UA Ray AZ. This guy used to write AZ. Guy screw Louis Easy used to go there. So we'd be all in the cafeteria, but they weren't really about getting up. I wanted I wanted it on the train. So uh, I, I was a criminal in other elements before graffiti. So I wasn't scared about. Evangelism arrest. That's, so that was like light work. Right? That's light work. Like, that, that's okay, nothing. Right, you okay. know, I get beaten for being stupid rather than you know. Right. So, uh, so yeah, yeah, go go seeds up there. He worked in a beer distributor. Uh-huh. So I went to him and said, "Yo, I told him, see, I want to get up on the trains." Right? Hey, all right, can you want to be be at be at, meet me at Bureau Avenue at ten o'clock tonight? What do you got? Okay, so I showed up, much to his surprise, and. The rest, so they say, was history. You know, it was pretty funny up on the, we did a layup that out. So UA existed already? Yeah, UA, but UA was mainly, in the beginning, <clears throat> they were like the bus boys, TNC, Drugs Net Crew, that morphed into United Artists. Because okay. the kids used to ride the bus, the 40 bus on Tremont, the kids that went to Lehman. You had Rudy Vest, uh, Lep 13, TNC. They were Drugs Net Crew. And uh, but Drugs Net Crew was mainly like the bus. They called them Ink Boys. Is using the ink and um, like I said, not all of them were like inclined though. They they weren't dedicated to go to the trains. They had no problem tagging the buses just on the ride to school or something to do or bomb the hallways of Lehman. But uh, so, were you like? Did you jump into piecing or did you? Was it like a gradual? Like I said, the first piece I did was a rider piece. I had a. Uh, I, I didn't know how to rack paint at that time, so I actually went to the, all right, kid, bring some cans, bring this. And I went to the Woolworths on uh, Westchester Square. Uh, they had all they had a flame. I remember they had a flame. Uh, uh, like a chestnut brown was the fill-in and a yellow outline, so that's what I came up with. <laughs> Very earthy. But, uh, <laughs> you know, but uh, it, it was funny. Like, so that's a regret layup, and uh, – yeah, that was, but you know, the, the layups that was scary because you're like, "Ooh, I'm a skinny guy back then. I could fall between the gaps of the ties here." It was funny. I was holding on to the rails as I'm crossing it, and and seeing is laughing at me. But that's okay. Get it now, but you know, yeah. I acclimate pretty quick. You'll see. Yeah. This, but, uh, and so, 
then UA became like a ty- much more like tight crew, right? But you were also down with like other Bronx crews. Yeah, I, see, that's always people say, "Oh, he's Scene's partner," but like I said, I was involved in other criminal activity. I'm not stating that. I'm not boasting, saying I'm proud. I was just, you know, like I said, I was 17. I brought my own apartment. I always had my car, my apartment. I had things, you know. But uh, so I, I wound up because of that. I wound up hanging out with Mitch 77. Okay. Med Disco, Band 2, who... Right. We were making money. Let's okay. Just, just put it... We were making okay. money, and they just happened to be graffiti writers as well. And and and, and that was good, too, because um, they, they showed... Mitch showed me how to rack. Like, before, everyone just putting the three cans in the gut. Mm-hmm. Mitch was like, take the thermo shirt, take the uh, flannel shirt. Right. Tuck it in. And now he showed me how to come right, out of the store. Right, you could do it full body. I'm putting, I'm putting eight in the back, double right. stacking eight in the back right. with a puffed out uh, down vest. And now I'm coming out of the store with 16 cans. <laughs> right. Have a nice day. Now, I had a car. I was a down-the-leg girl. I was. Yeah. I was just a down-the-leg girl. I used to try to too. With the high tooth, I got tired of scratching my shins up, you know? <laughs> you know, had to be really good. Like, full wet wood rack. I'm coming out with 22 cans in this store here. <laughs> Two in the sleeves, you know? Don't stop me now. I looked out like a Mitchell man, you know, but... Uh, but yeah, but we had a car. I had a car, and then we had we we were able to access the Jersey racks. Where in the right, store, right, all the right, stores right. like even the store here in the corner was a, you know, once in a while you got lucky in a Chinese store here. But uh, the Jersey racks, forget it. You hit Route Four and Seventeen, we were coming home with four five hundred cans a day. Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah. we always had paint. Paint was. Like, hey uh, boys, what you doing? But <laughs> <laughs> well, if you got caught out there, you know you're going to jail. Here you can just. Get the right, paint right, back right, and right, out right. Jersey to taking you and somebody better come get you. Yeah, it's that a was bi- the risk. It's a, right, it's a bigger risk, but it's also a bigger reward. Right. Um. So uh, y- you made up your mind. You wanted to hit trains. Now you're painting all the time. You were a newbie and you learned quick. Who at that time was your like competition? Your beef, like. Competition as far as what? See, I was never, I was never a hands, I never tagged per se. I was uh-huh. never an inside guy. I was never interested in markers because I, like I said, I rode the train. I rode the train to leave well, every day. Fun, no skimpy tag shit. Yeah, if, if you're gonna go over, <laughs> if you're gonna go, be go be size for size. Don't right. just cross my name because I, I could wipe out anyone in the whole city one night if I'm just gonna put a line through. Right. You know, show me, stand there and do something, especially in a wall that you got beef. You know. Uh-huh. You're quick. That tells me you're shook. You don't want me to roll up sure. on you or something, you know? But uh, because I, I I seen it from the public's perspective. And I and I tell you what got me into doing other things. And uh, uh, like I I would ride the train. So I see, I know people bomb the insides, the layups, but they hit there with the Marvy Garvey ink, the purple. That doesn't dry that violet stuff. Or they just, people throw the ink on the seats. Why? The people are getting in their train in the morning sitting down and getting in their clothes. Well, to me, that's yeah, vandalism. They're let, yeah, they're that's letting vandalism. It, right. that's they're vandalism. Like, and I knew the Vandal Squad knew that, that these guys aren't doing the vandalism shit. These other guys are painting the trains, kicking out the windows, which made no sense because your, your trains aren't going to run now. Right. Or they're wrecking the insides. Right. And people are getting the, the, the ink on their clothes or their bags, you know. Right. And uh, But, like, we started, I told I told Scene, listen, we need to do whole cars. I, I, I marveled at Lee's whole cars, the whole cars. Simply, I never really liked the crazy, intricate, wild style. I like stuff, bang, you could read. My mother, my sister, you could, oh, we seen your train today, the one with the wolfy characters. Here's my mother telling me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, she's peace watching. She knew, you know, I didn't, you know, she used to see me come home. 
Oh, good. And what did she think? But, so she see me come home. I'm catching a nap. Oh, tell my sister, he's, he's sleeping good. Don't wake him up. He's in for the night. Then at 10 o'clock at night, now I'm bagging up kids. Oh, please don't go out tonight. I says, Ma, what do you want me to do? Paint things or, or, or do and sell drugs? Be careful. Okay, thank you. you know? Okay. Because I never had a drug history, believe it or not. You know, but uh, so like I said, so we do the whole cause. Oh, it's not going to run. It's not going to because the six was a clean line. You okay. notice the clean. They always scrub the six. Mm-hmm. You, you scrape the windows with the razors right away. So I yeah. says, if you do enough of them, they can't keep up. So I started to do the whole cause. And I sit at the Westchester Square train uh, and watch the train come in the morning. Right, because it does that bend comes over up there. When it comes right. up the hill. And you can right. bang. The sun is hitting. And you'll see the guy with his New York Times in his hand. It the reflection, everything just forces him to drop his paper and take notice. He may not know what he did, what he's seeing, but he'll see like whatever the Howard the Duck, mm-hmm. Mickey Mouse, and they actually people actually think, how do they do that? Because I see the people's response. Did they they think you, you were painting it in the station or you're hanging on the side of the train and painted? They never knew you sat in Mysterious, the yard for three and a half right, hours. Right, you know, right, like right. Uh, <laughs> t- to me, that was. I was feeding off of that. So who, like, so at the time when you're, like, young and hungry and you want to paint, like, who's getting up in the Bronx? The earliest, uh, like I said, uh, in 73. Well, it's like Blaze. 73, what I was saying, when right. I came back in, like, you know, uh-huh. I used to visit in 77 before I came back fully. Everywhere was Blade and Comet. Mm-hmm. Blade and Comet. I don't care. If it, they, they, I, I, in my prime, I couldn't do what they did. I mean, they, they did the original Jafone caps. Or they did solid pieces. I mean, there's certain things that I don't even I mean, I think account, Blade, you know? Blade's the greatest of all you know, time. You know, the, you know yeah. right. He's, uh, he, nobody can discount yeah. his body of work and volume of work, you know. And uh, even they had the street tags. They had it all. They they, they, they had it all. They had the buses back then. And uh, but they did. They, they, they were uh, something to be marveled at. And. And Blade, but like I said, I I, I, lo- I like the whole cars. I love the whole cars, you know, and I, I love the readable stuff. That's why I love Mitch's stuff. Mitch's, right. Mitch to nice me is- Nice and clean, right. Clean, you know, and, you know, and, and I was around the guy. He's a humble guy. Outside of one fight at, or skirmish I ever seen him in, he usually dropped you within one or two punches, you know, like I decided to stop him at the door while we were racking. And uh, they'd grab him because he was, he's right. He says, yo, why are you stopping me? I said, yo, Mitch, you're stereotyping. Yeah, yeah, you're stereotyping me. Like, you, uh, now, he, Why, because he's Puerto Rican? Right, right. Okay. It, it, meanwhile, <laughs> me, me and Scene or somebody else is walking out the store. They're not even, they don't, over right. here, Pearl Paint, whatever, Martin's Paint. Oh, white privilege. You know, but. <laughs> but, uh, and, and he dropped a guy. Bang, you know. But, uh, like I was saying, he, he did his stuff neat and clean. And here's a little story about Mitch. Mitch never really came with a planned uniform uh, car planned. He'd come with scraps or he'd come with us and can I borrow some of this? Can I borrow some of that? That sounds like me. And, 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 <laughs> but when you seen the stuff the next day or in the morning, he totally smoked everybody. Ah, well, you know, yeah, like, with you their know, paint. Because <laughs> he, he, he knew how to work it. With, we, you know, like I said, well, right. we don't got to come. Okay, what color blends we're going to do? We're going to do this fade. Uh, we're going to do this color for the shadow. But it makes it so much easier when you have a plan. Right. You don't have to, like, think on the spot. Like, it's a, I, there's beauty to both. I did both. Now that I do, like, full-on plans, it's just so much easier. So much guesswork is gone, you know? You're like it could look good, Ooh. and and uh, he used to live on the concourse, Mitch. Mm-hmm. He's not far from me. Med lived two blocks from me. Med Disco, the okay. original Med. That was funny. It's a small world, right? So I go to I go to Mitch's house a lot, and his mother's funny. 
Oh, at that pinch, you're a bad influence. Like, it's funny. Like, she, meanwhile, Mitch was painting since 75, 76. Right. Like, I'm the bad influence, you know, but she busts my balls. I still see her once in a while. It's funny. But he, his black book that he had in his house, like, I would pay $100,000, but I'm not into buying books and cutting mm-hmm. out pages. Mm-hmm. But that that was like, and he gave it to his, like, some little cousin out in Cleveland. I found out this. Did you do that? I gave it to him. He liked, you know, he wanted to play with it. I said, play with it. If he would have executed the stuff that he had in there, I mean, forget it. Then game over. Game over. You can did we do volumes of just his work? But like I said, he's the most underrated New York graffiti writer. Oh, mid seventy seven. Mid seventy seven. But I feel now. like he. Everybody talks about him. But I think maybe they don't like. It's only the the older guys that talk about yeah, him. Yeah, not- to see it live, it's something to see a few right. images, but to have seen it live. And and like I said, this guy. Didn't have the resources, or like I said, or, or uh, he fell victim to white privilege where he could get the paint. He wasn't going to Jersey at the time, right? To, you know, to do what he did with to right. work with what he did with and pittance. And like I said, he still we still had a criminal. He was still supporting his family, even though right. we were out there. We were still doing our things that we had to do, right? And so, but so you didn't feel so being you know sort of in the criminal life that like. Doing graffiti is just kind of putting yourself in harm's way a little bit. Like you're kind of asking for, you know. I think trouble. being in, I think being in the criminal life prepared me for doing graffiti. Mm-hmm. Like uh, when we we me, Seth, uh, Seen, and I hit the Burgundies a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Bunch of them. I said, "Yo, that laid up on my house." I'm telling you, come get. Oh, we're gonna do all of them though. Okay, so I did all the corners. <laughs> Seen <laughs> says, you know, they cried, but then we all got up, all, took all, right. all the trains, 120 cars to the yard, and and uh, the Vandal Squad was following Sess, and they're following Scene afterwards for like a couple of days. Okay. And Sess tells me, he goes, yeah, they will follow you. Nobody follow me. Y'all, they must be. I'm telling you, nobody's following me. I, I know somebody. Okay. So Sess is in a bodega or something, and he goes, yo, he goes up to the Vandal Squad, why don't you follow PJ? And the Vandal Squad tells follow him. He's a criminal. We're not going to get nothing from him. He's <laughs> 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 you know, so like, how did you get the how did you get the name of Pistol Pete? Oh, Pistol Pete was uh, well, yeah, like you said, you you alluded, you were asking about beefs before. Of course, uh, beefs happen, and uh, there was an incident where um, I was dating a, a a female writer. Oh yeah, Linda, what was her what was her name? Linda. She wrote Linda. She wrote Linda. Cute. Yeah. Okay. At Thought Design High School. Back then, they yes. were like writing, and yes. they like to, you know, but they got especially mar- in the infancy. But they got marginalized, right? And, and unfortunately, they got marginalized by their by their peers as well, because they're like, the funny thing about nobody wants to share the spotlight. They were like, yeah, this is me, this is me, or they all claim they don't want to get burnt by a girl, yeah, well, or, or, or right. But the, even the females amongst themselves, they're like, there's certain ones today, like. People, yeah, I, I was, I was like, an, I was in a novelty. I was, what they rarely say, one of the few women. They, if you hear them talking, like, like they were the only female. But there was Barbara and Eva before them. Sure, people. You know, that's why history is his story. You know, they don't say yeah. she changed it's not it her to, story. You know, but uh, <laughs> but they tell it. But like I said, so I was going out with this girl Linda, and uh, there was another. A lot of writers went to art design high school. A lot of uh, aspiring writers and accomplished ones. And uh, so this guy, she, she, Linda's study was calligraphy. She was a okay. master with calligraphy. So this guy was trying to rap to her and say, "Oh, I like to do that. Can oh, can I? I do it here." 
she, he borrowed one of her rare books. Okay. It was all the rules. He was just trying to flirt with her. Okay. So, uh, and she let it be known to me. Look, I asked this guy back for my book. He did, he's not giving me my book. He's like, eh, screw you. I ain't got time. So I just. Yeah, he's uh, like, I'm keeping it. Right. Like, basically, right. you're beat. What are you going to do about it? I lost it. I don't care. So I went and asked this guy. I says, uh, in a nice way. I says, he's a, he's a smaller guy. I'm, I was never a bully. I was never a bully. I never. You see people in the yard and never bam, no, no kids for pain or whatever, mm. try to see them on the right course, you know. And I uh, says, uh, listen, why don't you just give it a book back? She's not interested in you, whatever, blah, blah, blah. This guy goes and tells his brother. Yo, this guy was over here. He's talking shit. He said, well, he tells, then he, tells, he tells, allegedly told him that he said, I'm going to get my brother. I said, I don't care. Get whoever you want. Are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know if you, uh, for legal reasons, if you can say that. You oh, know, really? <laughs> <laughs> so and uh i just i watched a video of you talking about it so, yeah yeah so uh I, I um so she goes okay i have a half day school today so i go down to school to pick her up and i didn't know that she wound up the last minute calling out sick so i'm standing out front with heart and some other girl i said oh i think linda's sick and it wasn't a day of cell phones and everything sure so i was just ready to leave and all of a sudden i feel something like somebody Punch me in the chest or maybe snatch my chains because back then you wore the gold chains. And I, oh, wow, what's up with this? And I, I seen who it was. You guys, oh, look at this punk. Just punks me in the chest and run. And they're all like, the girls are like, oh, my God, he stabbed you. And I, well, I, I leaned down and blood's pouring out of my chest. Oh, my God. So there was a, a deli there. I go into the deli. I says, yo, uh, yo, give me an apron. I'm calling them. I'm an officer. I'm officer. I'm injured officer. You know, the brownies were there. Back then they were brownies, the traffic agents. Uh-huh. So they're on the radio. The guy gives me an apron. Everyone drops their lunch and runs out. So. Ambulance comes and psh, they stopped all the traffic. Thought I was a cop. Who's in your cop? I don't know. But I'm mean, you take me. I mean, this is over a fucking book. Like you know uh, what apparently, I mean? No, because ego. Because I think he went and told his brother shit. You know, and they they paint this guy mayor as he's like some pious, sweet individual. You know, like you don't know the history about this guy. You know, you know. But uh, oh, let me back up because prior to that, prior to that, I was I got off the train at and one foot in the concourse. I walk up the stair. Kel and, and, and Shy was there with two girls. Okay. He's like, oh, PJ, you talking shit about me? Yo, let's do this. You you, you pushing up on my brother? I says, you know what you're talking about? I never said no such thing. I just want the book, Randy. You know? Oh, but no, fuck this. Let's do this. So I have a fight. They both jump on me. Shy jumps on me, Kel. But she was swigging. You know, it's like a winter day where you have that black snow on the mezzanine. You yeah. know, oh, got yeah. shit all of my clothes, you know, like slush. Ugh. You know, so the cops come. Right away, the cops are ready to lock them. Yo, yo, these guys trying to rob you? No, no, it's fine. Okay, you go on that train, you won't go on that train. Better leave now. That was the end of it, so I thought. So now the incident comes. Apparently, Mayor seeing his brother out, seeing see, see me outside, he calls his brother, yo, big PJ's outside. I think he's going to beat me up. I wasn't there for him. And that's when he came and snuck me and stabbed me with the knife and kept running. You know, and I'm like, oh, okay. So uh, I get out and, uh, I go to go to a show. I go to a show later after that at Art Design. I'm with some people. And uh, here come some people walking down the block. That supposedly I'm getting the death threats, you know, hang up. Yo, mother answered the phone. We're going to kill you and this and that. You know, I just tell people, come to my house. Take a cab. You don't have the money. I'll come downstairs. I'll pay the cab. Don't threaten my family. It's amazing what you could have done back in those days with, like, calling people and threatening them and no traceability. And, yeah. like, it's, it's yeah. wild, right? They came to my neighborhood. Like mm-hmm. I said, I'm one of the few white families there. And that's not, it's not like and I was somewhat gentrified. And uh, they, they'd seen my, uh, yo, see my sister. Yo, you look like PJ's sister. Blah, blah, blah. Certain people came. And the people in my neighborhood, I know the drug dealers and criminal elements. They, they came and rescued her and chased them away. 
you know, and uh, so. But they pulled there, a gun on your sister, yeah, right? Yeah, there was tension there, you know, there was tension. Huh. So, okay, you want to play? You've threatened to kill me. I'm going to take it serious because if I say I'm coming for you, I'm coming for you. I'm not scared of jail. I'm just scared of dying. I should have been dead day. All the doctors came for four days. Oh, it's marvels. If you would have had a hair, either way, you would have been dead, bled out. You did the main artery showing me all this stuff. What do you do with your life, kid? They're telling me, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know uh, but uh, so that's like, um, yeah. So, so now I go back to the school and I see the same people. Men was there, all these tough guys, you know, they go out robbing people. They serve vamp people. So, uh, oh, look at that. So he's all pulling out their stuff. So boom, boom, boom. I just drop. You know, and and, and uh, the lady goes, it's funny because uh, he had the glass bus stop. Uh-huh. The glass is shattered. Right. And the lady goes, what's going on? You know, I said, oh, are they filming a movie? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so it's funny. I, I, the other two people was supposed to be ready, but they froze, whatever. So it's funny when I got hail a yellow cab to leave, they're pushing me out of the way to get in the cab. You know? <laughs> this is like a comedy. Like, like, are you for real, guys? You punk bitches? You know? Can I say that? <laughs> But I got to pay for the cab too, <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, I'm like reloading the gun in the cab. The cab driver's like, yo, what's, yo, dude, don't worry, I give you the money up front. Just take me to the Bronx, you know? Oh no, you know, like, uh, and then those are, the, those are the guys. I didn't go to the cops, but those are the guys. After all that, yo, lock him up. He's crazy. Oh, now so you want you want to get you Wall Street people? What happened? You know? And so, did you guys ever formally squash the beef, or it just was like dead after that? Like, what happened after that? I don't. I don't go looking for trouble. Right. Like I said, if if, if you if, if you're coming if, in if, my sit, my if block, if, if we're even, right. I, I know they call the cops on me. I right. know uh, PG three. I have the indictment men on it, and two other people over there. You know, so don't 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 tell me. You know, you know, if you'd have caught me in the yard, and you know, you go to the yard with a baseball bat, you're you're not going to kill somebody. Right. You're gonna crack something in your head, whether you have a gun or a knife. All oh, guns, that's bullshit. You're a punk. But you, you're in a, you're in the yard with a bat or a wedge board. You hit somebody in the head. He's gonna die as a consequence. He can just easily kill me with that, or knock me to the third rail or something. You know, just sheer numbers. You go, you're going six or eight deep in the yard. I'm not, I'm not Superman. There's the West on my chest. You know, I'm that uh, James Conrad in Wild Wild West. You know, <laughs> but uh, so like I said, I'm here. I never left. You right. know, I, you know uh, people take this interview the wrong way. I'm not saying I'm, I'm looking for anybody because if I want to look for them, I would find them. But it's, it's easier now. Right. Let's just say you're trying to search on me. I, I'm fairly much. I don't sign up for price club things. I'm not on Facebook. I've foreseen what my information is worth to me. People just give away their privacy. Sure. Me, you know, I changed my name three times, my legal name. Right. You know, you know, I, I have four different passports and. Unfortunately, they're going to spy because 9-11 screwed it up. I can't renew two of them. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, oh, yeah. uh, you know, I went yeah. to dual citizen, right? I got the Irish passport. I got, you know, I go to certain countries where it played a game. But like I said, 9-11, now, I didn't do that for that, but I just seen where. Well, it almost 9-11 has, you can't, you can't disappear. It's no. almost you know? impossible. No, no, you know, but uh, okay, so whatever. I, I know where they're there. I know where they're there. I know where they're at, but. But like I said, I, I don't I don't take threats lightly. But don't you think like the like is the is the violence so necessary for graffiti like to to exist? Do you have to? Does it have to have this element? But of, it, like well, extreme violence to it. Graffiti was always a ter- it's always a territorial based thing. Sure. Okay. So as well as, as, then, an ego, right, and when, as well as ego. If you're not secure with yourself. 
Like some people that get gone over, they just turn a blind eye. They're passive or whatever. I didn't see that or whatever. You know, if you covered me completely, I had no problem with that. But if you're leaving me half out, you know, there's rules like, okay, there's a throw up. You, you, you don't do that. Or you put a cloud over. You cover the whole thing up. Right. Because it's like, right, oh, you left me half hanging. hanging. Yeah. You left me hanging. That's like telling, oh, look at that. You know, I understand a piece for piece or this for that, you know, but uh, you're talking about violence, but. Want to leave a little piece hanging out with a diss on it so that you knew that it was right. dissed before I painted over it or something? Or because you, then you could get accused of just like going over something that wasn't dissed, right? Or or even this or something that ran for three years. There's always those cars right. that that kept coming around. They missed a buff. They were just right. dirty. They actually had a nice age patina to them. Certain sure. trains, but you're in the yard that night. You oh, this is this guy's car. It's been hiding, but he has to go. And, but you do a tag or a, 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 a tribute to somebody or you even do a baloney little piece next to them or, right. or give them some kind of mention, you know. But you talk about violence. Like, okay. Like, it, it, like is, it, is it a necessary factor in graffiti? I don't know if it's necessary, but it's just an inert. It's like a, it's territorial. So somebody felt that they were dissed or – you know, you, you're doing that, or you get up. Or, you're right. in my yard, and right. then they they meet. You know, it's like like I said, if it's one person or three people, and there's five or six, it's like right. The level they didn't mean the level to rise to that where they crack your head, or or now you you have brain damage, or people die by accident. You know, like sure. you hit that one punch, and the guy hits his head on the fire hydrant. It happens, so you can't say because there was no weapons or a lesser degree of weapons right. that there's still the. Um, Potential for death or, or serious injury. Right. But, you know, it's just a heat of the moment type thing. And like I said, ego gets in the way and you confront it with a, with a crowd of other people. Like, you better do it. I take care and kick one of these down. There's no more fair ones in the street. You know, back in the days, you had a fist fight and three days later, that guy's your best friend. Right. You know, like that's 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 the right. way. Yeah, because you could just like hang it up. Now you just hold on to it forever and hate them and, you know. Right, right, uh, disparaging things about them on the internet or something. You watch all these videos. Nobody is a, a, a fair one. A guy has an argument with the bar. They step outside. Seven guys are rat packing, kicking the guy when he's down, sure. rupturing his spleen and everything else. And this guy's over there going into convulsions. You know, it's just it's just a red rat pack mentality. It's what the violence they see in the videos now. The violence is more prolific than because this is what they see these kids today yeah is violence 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 you know like the between the video games and everything else and 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 in and, and videos and movies it's not like but unlike the 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 digital world there's no do over reset button in life okay you got killed game over get okay let's start this over you get three new lives it's right it's that, that people no, but no. Uh, but nobody uh equates that it's just you know, yeah, look, you're starting early. You got 12, 13 year old kids killing people. I know. And, and you know what? They're versed with the law. They know what the law can do to them mm-hmm. or can't do to them, more importantly, you know? And like you said, the gang's early. Like, yo, Shorty, you're the one holding the gun, Shorty. You're 11 years old. Right, Don't worry right, about right. it. We're, we're going to pay your rent. We got this fake apartment here, you know? But you can't touch me, officer. And, and the cops. No, not to touch them. They don't want to touch them. It's hands off. It's like I was saying, Chicago, I'd rather get my ass beat. Then get locked up and given a record, you know? Because sure. that same cop, when I was 13 or 14, they'll see you three days later. They'll pull up in the car. Hey, what are you doing, Petey? Oh, oh, you with there? Oh, I know Matthew Hunt. Oh, Kevin Tyson? Yeah, I know him too. That's the name, but he's letting you know he's keeping an eye on you right. in a good way. And I, I didn't get it that at a, the time. It was different. Right. Also, but, but, the cops were different. They, like, you know, 
what? cared more. Well, they, they, were, they, had, they were assigned to their neighborhood. They were right. assigned to their neighborhood. But, okay, but now the, if if a parent, a cop was to try to take an interest in a, in a juvenile where he could steer him, you know, like then now oh, you took you put your hands on my son, I'm suing you. You know oh, yeah. what I'm saying? Or what are you interested in my kid? Now do you think it's some uh, something nefarious? What are you you know some pedophile type thing? You know, there's no more. That was like mentoring. They had a, they had a uniform cop in the high school back then. Mm. You know that that knew it, that was a liaison to the community police. Maybe out of the gangs mostly though, the Chicago gangs. But we call them an intelligence officer, whatever you wanted to do. But um, the, the they lost that connectivity. Right. I, I'm not saying cops. And we think, oh, f the police, this and that. That's that's not. I oh, am. That is, I'm that is, saying that. <laughs> that that's the, but I'm just saying that's not that's not necessarily a bad thing. You know. Yeah. Well, it's just. I mean, now they're just like you know agents for the elite class. You know what I mean? Well, they're I'm, to, like, I'm they're to, here to make I, money. I, I, I'm, just, I'm, I'm, I'm totally anti-government. I've been. For, yeah. You know, I I know what this government's about. I've been I've been inside the federal justice system. I know it's talk about class. Nothing. You know, like. A, People, certain people get slapped on the wrist, and other people's gonna get the. Ma- I, I seen it happen. Mm-hmm. You know, this guy gets a party, or because she had back problems, it get passed to me by other people. It's like uh, your demographics, where you're born and where you lived. You know, it's like a one, one city or town. So you're sitting on a stolen car, you're gonna get ten years, and that's it. You're gonna be on a chain gang over here in New York. You know, nothing. They don't have time to even prosecute you. So it's it's right. It, there's so many things that. That'll never be resolved or or or, or solved. Though. Well, now they just feel they have you know they move with impunity. They don't have to answer for anything. They can just shoot people, and it, you know, just today's business. You know, um, so now you've ha- have this insane reputation because of what happened. So you basically like you don't have any beef. Right? Are not people like they're, like, they're like, I'm not fucking going over. This guy's going to fucking, like, fuck me up. Like I said, I, I'm not a tough guy, but I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a, uh, You're not passive. a tough guy? No. Oh. No, I just have a strong sense of self-preservation. Right. Okay, I will defend what is mine and, and my family. And a thick accent. And I, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I am willing to defend. I, I, I don't fear jail. I've been to the worst jails there. I'm not proud. But, you know, you know but them, they sent me to jail for... Stupid stuff back in the days. Okay, I was selling bootleg shirts. I all the way. So you were. Video. What were you selling? All the bands. I used to work for all the rock bands. Okay, that's what you see in the video you talked to. Uh huh. There was nights I make three thousand dollars on okay. a good on a good show back. S- okay. You know, and I, but I had to travel. But save me well, again. I came to New York, Chicago, driver's license, New York criminal elements. Sometimes we had the legal concessions to sell inside. Sometimes you lost a contract. The boss would say. We're going to bootleg tonight. Right, sell in so, the parking lot, But everyone right? knew. Okay. Everyone knew that people wink, wink. But some places, you know, that you, you get some promoter. Screw that. He'd go to some small town and get an injunction. Then they'd send the marshals out to to grab your merchandise. So I was working a Sticks concert in 79 in uh, Baltimore. Paradise Theater, 79 you or 80. You love Sticks, don't you, Brad? No. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was maybe 80. Yeah, so I work in a Sticks concert. It had it been 80 because I just got stabbed. I got out the hospital. Oh, it was yeah, part yeah. of my defense. So okay. the concert's over. I'm loading up the trucks and shirts. Big black guy comes up to me, grabs me from back. Yo, I'm a U.S. Marshal. I'm seizing your stuff. Now he had tennis shorts on, this and that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see a gun. I said, wait, I'm going to fight. So I'm like, tell, yo, this guy's trying to rob me. I'm throwing the shirts to the crowd. So they grab all the shirts. This is evidence. I got right. rid of Stop. I'm a Marshal. And they're all laughing. So I'm fighting with this guy. And I said, I'm going to stab you. You know, I couldn't get rid of this guy. 
I'm looking for my knife. It was nowhere there. Thank God. Unbeknownst to me, when I got out of my car, it fell out of my uh-huh. pocket. It was in the seat. You do that, I'm going to shoot you. He's saying, I'm tussling. I'm so I said, shoot me with what? Then, then the real marshals came with the cowboy hats and the boots kicking me in the head and the alley in Baltimore. Next thing you know, I'm charged with assault and a marshal, federal marshal, you know, and right into federal court. Oh, Over concert team. Yeah. So, yeah. so another thing, too. See, when I got around, I've never plead guilty. That was my thing. When I, went, I used to do stuff when I got caught one night doing stuff with Mitch and Matt. And I said, listen, guys, don't, we never made a statement. It, said, it baffled them. Like, he's going to Raymond. No statement? No statement. That's like unheard of. Like, for a four, 18-year-olds, like, you know, I had, I had good lawyers. So my lawyers had his day. And uh, so, like I said, I, I go to trial. Oh, get this. Plead guilty. Get probation. Plead. I'm not pleading guilty to nothing. You know? Right. I, I knew they didn't have. The capacity to try everyone. He said, tell people, they're gonna, they have to wait. They have limited resources. They're not going to panel a jury to try me for this baloney. They're going to give you the first couple of arrests free. And then when you do got a big case or some, well, guy, you can't beat because look at this. You have all this other, you see like paper when they arrest somebody. Oh, he has an arrest record. No, he does I see a bunch of dismissals, but people don't read that. They just said, he has an arrest record going back to 1982. Right. Uh, arrest means nothing. Show me, uh, uh, you know, outside of a uh, pleading guilty. You know, don't plead guilty and then say, oh, I didn't do that, though. Why'd you plead guilty? Oh, they're going to give me 20 years. Gonna give, you know, like you're giving that stuff away. That empowers them to, to for the malicious prosecution of other people. We're going to give you this little piece of candy. Now we're going to give you the best one. They'll give you five years probation right off the top because they know you're going to be back. Now they got your probation violation. Right. And you're you in have the to, system. Now you don't have to now get bail. That's the game. Now you're in the system. And your chances uh, diminish greatly trying to win a case while you're incarcerated. Because the jury sees you brought in. They know you're incarcerated. You're not in the hallway with them. So they're like, wow, this must be telling us. This guy must be dangerous. Why is he not out amongst us? But people don't think about all that. They give them that. So now, unless you're going to become a, a sane after that, five years probation, you got to be honest with yourself. No, 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 no. You, you have to make, I tell people, let them make the case against you. Don't make the case against yourself. You look at anything. Lawyers... 90% of their time are in court are trying to squash a defendant's statement, what he said. Mm. You know, that's the Keep whole— Keep your lip zipped. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. You know, like uh, I tell them, let them make the case against you. Don't make the case against yourself. So what would you just say? You're like, I wasn't there? I, 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 say no, I wouldn't say nothing. I says, that's it. Uh, uh, first, when they bring me in for something, for, I don't open the door for them. Okay? You have a, you have a no-knock warrant? So I talk to them behind the door, slip the warrant under the door. Oh, what's the open door? They're going to push you by and say you let them in. Right. And then they're going to legally search your house and say, oh, this was in plain view. So it is, you know, that's you against four cops mm-hmm. that are never going to come clean and say sure. they did this. So, you, you know, and then if they do bring you in, oh, come down. We'd like to talk to you. I used to tell them back in the day, talk to me. What's wrong with our phone connection? Like we did some stuff in NASA one time again. Uh, oh, yeah. I says, yeah. Well, but they called me at first. So I know the guy, you know, handed the phone or whatever. says. Oh, come down to that. We want to talk to you. I said, what's wrong with the phone connection? I thought I'm going to say anything. I knew what it was. It was a misdemeanor. And they're not going to come extradite me from the Bronx from a misdemeanor to Nassau. We were racking in mass. So I got away. They got the license plate number of the guy I was with, the car. Drove away. Toodaloo. You know, never heard from the, again, the other guy went there. They arrested him. He wound up pleading guilty of something stupid, you know. But, um. So what happened with the marshals and the T-shirts? So now I go to court, <laughs> and they're charging me with a, a assault on a, a, a federal marshal. Oh, right. They didn't I was 19 years old. It's a small You're world. Like, so, yo, man, I'm just at the stick concert. I just want to see my band. So yo. now they have no no evidence or nothing. So And it's funny because they told me to sell, and this black guy was there. 
He's laughing because he must have heard about it because they beat me up. They lumped me up. I was still fighting back. They had me belly chains. I was all beat up. And he just told me, and then he's like, I hear this. I'm on the floor. I hear this laugh. Oh, because he told the other guy, this guy was going to stab me. So now they're looking for the knife all mm-hmm. around. So they, they didn't know about my car yet, you know. So uh, uh, I had met Disco with me too that night anyway. So uh, so I'm in the sun. This guy's laughing. Oh, oh, oh man, you're a crazy white boy. You're the crazy white boy. I've seen you duking it out and chained up. So... <laughs> It wound up was like uh, he was like one of the leaders of the DC Blacks mm. as a nineteen year old twenty. Like in, and the DC Blacks is a notorious gang knows known throughout the federal prison system. Okay. So later, uh, I, so I went to court. I had, I had to go back in court. They want to transfer my case to New York, which they do in most courtesies because you know right a lot account. of traveling right right, right. i gotta expenses. come back i got on a bail fifty thousand dollar bail my boss came and paid that they were surprised at that you know gave the money to my mother try to press her where'd you get this money from you know my mother what are you talking about it's, it's good check it out put it under the light you know whatever <laughs> she's she's a she's a pisser so <laughs> so now i get out i'm going back and forth every month back then i was flying on people express pew, 29 on you to baltimore airport you know and uh oh yeah Plead guilty, blah, blah, blah. So they tell me to plead guilty. The lawyer says, uh, they had this white, you use correction accent, it's called it a YC, give you six years probation, and it, once you complete it, you get, uh, your record will be totally expunged. So yeah, I, I had a high-priced Baltimore lawyer there. So begrudgingly, I, I pled guilty to that. I said, okay, whatever. Now, I was going down for federal sentencing, Right. So they must have knew about the open uh, shooting thing. So they came and arrested <laughs> me on my the night before my federal oh Baltimore my God, sentence. They right? rigged me, right? So now, but I get so the my so my, that you wouldn't had, be so you'd right, be a no show. I had a lawyer here in New uh-huh. York. And he says, "Listen, don't talk to my client. You speak to me." You know, so whatever they I went to the lineup with the lady. I cut my hair. I knew the old lady. I can she didn't identify me. So they I knew they had the other ones, and the other guys had records longer than me. So they so. My lawyer says, "Yeah, don't talk." So he brought, "Oh, bring him down. We want to. We're going to process him." So I go down and at the 17 precinct, and um, they told my lawyer, "You can go. He's going to be here. We're going to let him go." They lied to my lawyer, put me through the system without uh, the prearranged type thing, and they put like a remand on me, and uh, I missed my federal sentencing date the next day. So my lawyer finds out. He comes downtown like the next day. Guess we called in. I get ROR from the. From the shooting charge now, released on my own recognizance, uh-huh. right? Even the call, wow. So now I get a new date. I go down, and uh, my whole thing was I just got stabbed a couple of months prior. This guy's, it was all documented. I said, I got right, stabbed right, by, right, you know, right. unknown assailants, and I'm thinking I'm being robbed again. So it was just instinctive. I had a fresh room. They didn't want to hear none of that stuff. So they just says, oh, yeah, why did you miss your first your sentencing date, the federal judge of Baltimore? Paul Tywin, conservative guy. The prosecutor, oh, yeah, I can tell you why. He was charged in New York with shooting four people. What? <laughs> oh, shit. I, I can't give you probation now. And, it, you know, because he said, you're going to wind up on the other end of the 45. The judge says that, but there was no mention of it was a 45. So how did, you know, so this is all, I got railroaded literally. I said, okay. So whatever. So he sentenced me to zero six years. As an adult, if I, I got convicted, I would max could have got was three years. You're out in eight months on right. back then in the feds. And, okay. you know, so now I got zero to six, which is an indeterminate sentence. So I could literally do six years. Right. You, had, you had no good time because it was a YC sentence. Boom, they put me in a plane, shipped me off to uh, Inglewood, Colorado. Because there's only three youth corrections facilities at the time. Right. There was Inglewood, Colorado, Petersburg, Virginia, and Morgantown, West Virginia. Right. 
Federal. Federal. Okay. That's the only place they can send, because the youth sentence was you know, up to 24, 25 years old. I think it's 25. Okay. You're up to 25, you get a YCA. So I go out there. I like one of the two or three people from New York. Like, I didn't realize where I was going, even though the paper said. So I'm on this little con air. I'm like, okay, planes landing here. I'm landed in Alter- Atlanta, right. Georgia, Arena, uh-huh. uh, Oklahoma. Spent a couple of nights, all these other are places. You like, are you handcuffed on the plane? Oh, yeah. You're all belly chained and everything. You know, it's old school guys. It's cool, though. You see the old school guys ahead. Like, can I get a cup of it? Can I get some red wine? <laughs> no, but they gave out cigarettes. They did. Yeah, Stratford's. These cigarettes back then, they gave in the 80s. They gave out cigarettes. So the whole thing's full of smoke, the bus and the plane. Mm. But they had the old school convicts. They all had their own handcuff keys. Like, nobody's looking. Mm-hmm. They uncuffed themselves. They made handcuff keys out of the old insides of the old click push-button pens. Uh. The black two-piece pens, uh-huh. the brass uh-huh. thing thing. Uh-huh. They crimped the ends. And the, it was, I was like, wow, I'm getting an education. You know, like, right. yeah. <laughs> okay, you want to be free? I said, ah, yeah, okay. You know, kind of hard eating the apple. You know, they give you a box lunch. <laughs> But uh, so I go there. I was only one or two guys. So it's all along racial lines there. And I never seen a na- Native American till there. You want to talk about this? You know, to me, I tell people the, the biggest people I screwed in the history of the U.S. are Native Americans yeah, to this day. Don't come to me with any other tort or anything. These people. And they're there, they're there simply for being drunk on the reservation. Everything yeah. they do on the reservation is a federal crime. Huh. Oh, shit. And, 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 and so it, it was really sad Seeing them there, that, you know, and uh, but like so they had they had the, the Mexicans, Texas Mexicans, Texas Mexicans going into California. You had the Black Guerrilla Force, which is the California Black Gang, and then you had the East Coast, uh, the uh, DC Blacks. And I'm like, here's the cauldron. This is all. And while I was there, they had like three major race riots. Had uh, National Guard shooting tear gas. It was on the World News tonight. I'm like, but who I got? That that go back to the night I was arrested the year before. It's my man. Leave that guy alone. He's cool. (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) You know? So, you know, it's just, it's a small world. And I want to. Who you know? It's who you know, baby. Fucking lucked out, man. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Even out throughout the system when I went other places, like a, even when I got arrested in the city, when I'm Rikers Island, you're like, yo, that guy, you know, blah, blah, blah. People from my neighborhood that I, I took care of, you know, like, and people don't understand, like, yo, why is this, nobody messing with this white guy? You know, like, he's a population, you know, like, but I never screwed nobody over. So, like, I tell, you know, I tell people, the world is small, man. You don't have to look over your shoulder. Don't screw people over. To this day, I wound up with people, well, I'll be out with people, oh, yo, that's PJ. Uh, I was in with that guy, you know, like, I hear them, and like, really? You're in- Oh, but you know, you're I'm, an infamous character. 
No, it's just, but and they should. They should you treat you with reverence. To, you can and correlate respect. that to every aspect of your life, be it your professional life or whatever. Just do the right thing or try to be a, a, a right person. And in the long run, I, I it, try you know, to be a good guy, right? Try to help. I, I don't, you know, I think you're trying to think I'm sarcastic or that. No, I'm being totally serious. Okay. Does your boss pay for your, like, ba- like what is the deal working for a bootlegging T-shirt company? Are they like, yo, if you get into trouble, I'm going to pay this. I'm going to – I got you. Like, because, you know, now they do all those, like, illegal weed pasting. So um, I've uh, procured some of these uh, people in my – but they pay for, like, all of your, like, legal fees if something was to happen. Like was that a that was to you? that was never like a uh, and was a it like given? commonplace that they like rated rated you for selling illegal merchandise? They always did. They, they but but there was times they would just take your shirts right. and, and that was the end of it. This right. guy, I, you know, I was loading the truck, so I had. Was maybe, it always Marshalls or was it yeah? It was U.S. Marshalls, right? Okay. okay, but you go to like some Texas. I stopped going to Texas. Uh, Texas is the craziest <laughs> place. You know, they, they, they could be ten million cash. I'm not going to Texas. Right. I had them chase me with four by fours. Where if I would have felt I was getting run over and killed. Right. Okay. Like you said. Oh, sorry. Or he did this. They didn't care. Yahoo. You know, like uh, <laughs> wild wild west. <laughs> you know, what I'm saying you ain't from there. You ain't a you ain't a good old boy. Stay you know, away from them cowboys. Yeah. You know, like, they, <laughs> right. they like they you know like forget yeah, it. They don't you want know? you there. Fuck but uh, <laughs> yeah. But the the bootleggers they're only part time bootleggers because. Like I said, sometimes they're the bootlegger. Sometimes right. they have the they're inside they concessions. Have, right, they have the licensing. And, and right. there was only three or four major people. And it's funny because there's only two major that did the most of the printer. So the mm-hmm. printer who had the legal, whatever band, Rush or whatever, certain bands will really protect their stuff. Like Rush was big. Rush would pay. Other guys wouldn't care. They wouldn't hire the marshals or whatever. You know, they just took it as a, you know, they, they, they realized back then only certain people are going to, you're selling a $5 Pakistani Those shirt. t-shirts were hot, though. You know, but they, they, <laughs> they had this, the white sleeves, right? The, the jerseys, yeah, 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 the three quarter yeah, sleeve yeah, jerseys. Yeah, yeah. But you're gonna pay, <laughs> you're gonna pay eight dollars on the outside right. in the parlor, five dollars for the Pakistani t-shirt, yeah, or twenty five dollars back then for. We always bought t-shirts in the right. in the park, and, and you yeah. always buy. I need uh, I need five of them because you're yeah. getting people friends for your friends at school. Get me a shirt totally. that I couldn't make it. Right. But those are the same people, you know, are painting. This shirt here, and they're painting the legit shirt side by side. And it's the same thing with the, all the luxury goods. The, right. Yeah. The, like, you yeah, know, yeah. The counterfeit Prada bags, right. the daytime, totally. they get the legit label. The same fact he's cranking out the counterfeits at night. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Don't fool yourself, you know. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, drinking out of uh, both ends of the bottle, you know. Exactly. Right. But uh, but that was never, I never expected him to, to you know, to do that, you know. Okay, so it was unexpected that he did it, right? Right, but but it should have been expected. Like now in today, uh, no, uh, because more I was more or less like an independent contractor. Right. Like you're gonna give me the shirts, I'm gonna pay for what I sell. I and there was it. times where I lost. I got beat up bad by uh, at a Grateful Dead concert by Hell's Peter. Angels. They I was did the security. Say like Peter Gabriel. They did the they did the Grateful uh, Dead. They did security at Rochester. And I got beat up bad. Yeah, and, and but I, I you know they, they got like. Maybe sixteen dozen shirts, and back then, you know, you gotta pay for that. Which mm-hmm. was, but you know, but if he knew I, because he would charge you. But if he knew if you really legitimately, whatever, he's like, okay, don't worry about it. You know, you made enough. But uh, wait, they beat you up because they wanted the shirts, or because they weren't making the, they weren't getting their, was the, were they, they weren't shirts? getting their licensing. I think fit. they were. They did that to assert, like, 
because then they you know what? Oh, forget about it. It's not worth it. I go limping back and everyone else should just fold up, you know, and, and get out of here. You know, like there's certain degrees. Yo, well, how's the heat? They would right. ask, how's the heat? But they, they didn't want to pay off or? Huh? Were they looking for a payoff from you? No, they, they didn't uh, want you there. They just took the merchandise. Maybe they sold it themselves. Or right. They never took the money from you. They oh, never okay. ripped your pockets. They always just grabbing the merchandise and, and, and smack you, you know, around. There's certain certain municipalities where the cops would, like Binghamton, uh, city ordinance, give you the $25. Uh, in New Haven was bad, too. You had to go buy a day of vendor license. And if you didn't get there, they closed, like, right, you know, the, you know. and they, where's your license? You had the one-day license to sell. Then they hit you with vending without a license, and right. and you forget to go back. And then three years later, what do you mean I got a warning in New Haven, Connecticut? Right. Oh, you know, like back so then. So you were traveling all over the country doing this? Yes. And so did you have, like, will you follow one band? You had all their T-shirts, and you follow one band? Or were you, Sometimes. Like, did, like, yeah, the, how did you fig- figure out your job? In like, 79, I did the whole Eagles long run tour. Okay. All through, like, and when we hit Florida, psh, that was dead. It was all college town. And so we basically, like, we had to go to, like, a— we were in Tampa, uh, Dale Marbury Highway. We stayed at the Holiday Inn right across. They they played at the where the Buccaneers used to play. We were so hard up, like we had to, like couldn't get a hotel room for each one of us. Like had to sneak in, and the, the sliding door was only open this much, so it was trying to squeeze in because the office is looking like how many guys are in there. Right. <laughs> we only had money to eat once a day because you have to like we need gas to get back and everything. Right. Nobody was nobody was selling it for like three days. Uh, and so we used to go to this all-you-can-eat buffet once a day, Swedish Manor, right down the road. Like, this is it, guys. And other guys are making the the corned beef sandwiches and right. stuff in their pocket. Oh, no, you get out of here. Oh, shit. But he must have had some fun. Yeah. I mean, Young uh, guy traveling around, following bands. I tell people, all the, like, I, I like I tell people, my whole thing from a long time, as far as I can, was travel. And I tell people, like, yo, go travel, see America. Go across west, go across 80. You'll see X amount. Come down one, come back and take 10. I, I, you know, you stop on the road, side of the road back then. It was like carefree. It was like the stories. You see the people. You see that that afforded me opportunity to see right. all their lifestyles, right. uh, a great part of, uh, you know, uh, America. Yeah. You know, uh, I think a lot of our problems today would be solved if people just got the fuck out of their hometown and met some other people, you know. Totally. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Yes. That, 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 that's my hashtag. I tell people, get off the porch. Nice. You see that? That's one of my hashtags. Get, right. get off right. the porch. Get off the porch. So you're also really into this kind of like urbex, you right? Do urban exploration? Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah. I'm a, you're an ur- urbexer? Yes. So tell us about that and like what do you like to go like check out? I like uh, I like try to find places. I, I love architecture. I love pre-war architecture and uh, I like finding old tunnels or stuff. Like I said uh, – even the way that the nature took over things, just to see like whatever uh, greenery may have uh, engulfed something. I, I just so how dangerous is it now to like sort of like trespass in these like abandoned uh, you know uh, sites and stuff like what um, does any of this stuff sort of like affect your decision to go like check it out? Some stuff, you know, there's stuff so I like. To, I, I like. I have a crazy signage collection. Some I like signage, porcelain, I know, I old know. hand paint. You love those, like enamel blue. Yeah, cobalt blue. Cobalt That's blue. A, I mm. love the, you know, I like train the the, the train. <laughs> um, so signs? yeah, yeah, yeah the old ones from the twenties, nineteen seventeen. They started with the cobalt blue. But anyway, uh, so there's one so, left in Pelham Bay. Yeah, yeah. Go get it. Go I have it. it. <laughs> oh, you have it. The the eight foot long one. 
Is it gone off at a Pelham Bay station? No, I, but I have I had it from years ago. Oh, the people thought I was crazy back then. Well, I mean there's it. one old blue one still in Pelham Bay on the sixth. You grab it. I mean, they'll, if you they'll, work, they love me to do that. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, "What are you doing?" Whoever's listening now, they're gonna. Somebody goes out there to Somebody's get it. Somebody's gonna get I, it. I post pictures of stuff I don't want that doesn't appeal to me, or right. And you and, oh, because it was like, "Hey, you got any extras?" I just go out and get it yourself, guy. Oh, yeah. You know, that's the whole thing. Just exploring, and you never know. Like I'm driving, I stop at a red light. Like hey, it's some small town, I see some old Seven Up sign that's peeking mm-hmm. behind something. You know, like wow. You like American Pickers, right? Well, that's all stage stuff. <laughs> I know it is. I but... talked to those guys. Hey, you know, Frank's. I mean, uh, Mike's all right, Frank. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. so, uh, but some stuff to me, I see it. It's to me, it's sacrilegious. It needs to be. I, I can't do it, you know, like uh, that's what back in the days people were like bombing people's like a church houses of worship on the outside of the doors or you see some nice wood doors. I, I, I can't do that's that. Not, right. I, that's I, not you know, for you. That's I just respect right, it for what it is. You're not into vandalism. You want right. to like write your name somewhere that it's going to have some impact right. but not like piss people off. Right. And that's that, OK. But the same as like when you're harvesting whatever artifacts, whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it, you know, like. You see an old building, like I, I love this old website, old houses or on Circle Homes. I, uh, you see, you see like an old house, but it's in Iowa, so it's forty nine thousand dollars. But mm. you look, you see the pictures, like the woodwork, and somebody's gonna go there, buy it, and just harvest, rip out right. the fireplace, rip out the the original brass chandelier right. and all that stuff. To me, that's leaded uh, glass window, right, right, right. You right. Know, that, that that to me, I, I just. It should be preserved. Right. Yeah. But what happens when if somebody buys the house and they don't care, you know, and they don't want it, they want to like rip it down and like have a new yeah. house, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's what they love like aluminum siding or something. Well, huh? people do. <laughs> but they strip the, they, they strip out the, you whatever, the, the pocket doors and yeah. sell that. To, to well, yeah, because people know, court. right, right. People, so know people know they're, they're worth money. Um, so tell us about some of your other passions, such as car racing, right? Yeah, actually, you're not as much into it as you used to be, right? Because I was, I've been working last couple of years. I, I was like working crazy, building my pension. I'm getting towards the end, right? You know, uh, uh, so I did that. You know, and uh, that's kind of a lost thing too. Like we just lost Race Town, English Town. You know, the town, the raceway was there first. Okay. They built a couple of condos out there. Oh, why do we have all this here? You know, and then they told me about Is that raceway park? Yeah, that's, I was there before the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny. People, through gentrification, moved to the neighborhood. Like all the junkyards are disappearing. Right. You know, so, okay, so where we need a park now. Nobody thinks this. You push them out of Met Stadium, Shea Stadium. They give it all these junkyards now. Where are they going to go? I know. You know, we, we need a parts for a car. They're going to, or they're going to tow the car up three hours outside and, even the Hudson Valley now, that's all artsy and mm-hmm. nobody wants anything up there. Up there, uh, Yeah, it's true. They are. They're all gone. I right. Was, I was so, reading about this recently. So, you know, the land is more, value, more yeah. valuable than the purpose what it is. But you still need that that purpose. Right. Well, it's also harder, I think, to unless you got old cars. It's harder to to find all well, that stuff. It's harder to replace parts. Sure. You know? Like it's not like before you could bolt a fender onto a car. I don't think you can even do that anymore. Well, the guys with the old cars – that there was a junkyard that specifically had old cars, like yeah. Wildcat Auto Records out in Oregon, yeah. had old muscle cars out there. There's a guy in a, outside Illinois has old Mopars, but uh, his land is worth more than to try to sit there and hold a fender and sell the fender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or they can just crush it now because those cars are mostly all steel and get whatever, $3,000 for the steel when the Japanese was buying up everything. They were buying all our steel, uh, our junk cars, but they wouldn't buy Bethlehem steel or Pennsylvania steel. 
but they would buy the old cars and we ship it to Japan. Right. And uh, so the best when we lived in L.A., we lived in L.A. at the same time, and there was a drunk junkyard out there I went to with Ted that was the best junkyard wow. because all the cars were like separated from each other. They're all up on blocks. So and like they're not walking. rusted. They're not, like they don't walking. have that like, yeah, yeah. salt, they're out, right? They're out in the sunshine. Mm-hmm. Right. You could walk between them. And you could see under them. You could see in them. Right. It was like a fucking. It was like a shopping market for for junk. <laughs> it sounds great. Yeah, Arizona used to be able to walk through. Now, oh, you can't because liability issues. Right. You get yeah. Hurt, yeah. You get oh fall. yeah. You can't go back there yourself. Right. Yeah. They used to just let you go run around. Yeah, go right. ahead. Like go ahead. Take a wrench. Trash take a wrench like, and go ah! pull it off yourself. Yeah. Right. Get a Harry's. You pull it in Hazeltown, Pennsylvania, on the side of uh, seventy eight. There, you see it. You used to go there with your own toolbox. You, yeah. Bring it. What do you bring back? And they charge you for whatever you're yeah, carrying exactly. out. Exactly. Took it off yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Was, so you're not uh, as much. Good. You're you're not as much into your cars. I still have them, but uh, like, but funny because I used to. So we were a part of Brooklyn Dodgers. Okay, Dodgers, Hayes, Lee, Johnny Sam. Right, it's, like I said, it's a small world. Right, and we were all us into Mopars, which uh-huh. is the Dodge and Plymouth brand, and uh, so that was that was that was pretty funny. But it, we all had conflicting schedules. Like, oh, you got to come to this meet or this race, and nobody seemed to have coordinating and showing up at the same time or what have you. It's also an expensive hobby. It's oh, it seems like a crazy expensive hobby. Yeah, I had my car in storage for like two years, and I went there the other uh, couple of months ago because I finally – I was waiting for a mechanic who can do some work on it. I was going to – so I went there the day before because it had to be towed up to him. Uh-huh. And uh, I, I, I take the cover off the car. The whole side of my car is banged up. So they damaged my car, which I'm paying these guys for, you know, but – Again, the reputation came in. I told the guy, I said, I'm a nice guy. You know, he did this. Not one is like three or four incidents. Something They know they did this. Right. That's all I'm going to say. And I, and, I, and I hit these guys off at Christmas every year. I says, and a lot of judges and lawyers parked there. And I said, I know I hit you off more than they do. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, Peter. What's sorry. Oh, yeah. I don't know what happened. They had the guys working on the ceiling. Yeah, now, now it's coming to you. So when I filed, because I think I got a 69 Dodge that it's not worth $80,000. I have a 69 Dodge Super B. Nice. That, but you're more worried about this bullshit run-of-the-mill yeah. $30,000. you fucking Honda. You're, you're run-of-the-mill Porsche to get this guy to drive. Oh, watch it. So you can just chuck right. mine aside. My car hasn't moved. And don't claim I brought it in like that. So I go through the insurance company. I gave him a decent bill. I gave him, what, $18,000. I could have went for a whole paint job, raped him. Mm-hmm. I went to the floor. And that was from Alabama. They kept saying, oh, hey, that's kind of expensive. I said, listen, you send us this and that. Lady, I'm not sending you nothing no more. And, and, and I told the guy in the garage, I says, if I don't have my check in three days, I'm going to take you to court and sue you for more money. Oh, so they didn't believe me. I, I lived by the courthouse. Didn't cost me nothing to go there, file the claim. Then when they got the papers, facts, you know, they got the sum. Now nah, they want to talk. Funny, I got my, my money in uh Twenty four hours. Says, That's how it goes. They want that. They want that stamp. That because uh, they think you're not gonna. They court think, stamp. You, you think they think you're just. It's just right. like you're gonna. You're not gonna utilize what's right. available. Right. It's not to. as is right. It's you know, not as hard as uh, people think to sort of like file paperwork. You know, I says. You know, you're gonna send your lawyer. Just like I, I, uh, I sued my old boss one time. When I started plumbing. It's funny. If you want to hear a funny story, so, uh, so I, <laughs> yes. I get, I get, I get, I get hired for my other job. So I was I was working uh, both jobs, but I was and the orientation was two weeks, supposed to be two weeks. It went into three weeks. So the, the two weeks I knew I was getting hired, I planned my vacation from my day job. Mm-hmm. And so I went into the third week. So he's like, hey, where's Pete? We said, it's my helper, my foreman. Uh, is he in Europe? Is he locked up? I need to see him. 
Meanwhile, the shop was slow, whatever. So I go in there the third day of the third week. I said, yeah, Phyllis, I got, I got two more days left, and I come back. I'm going to be working here nights and but days. And he knew I always worked two jobs. But he, oh, what? Get out of here. Forget about it. So he basically fired me. I said, okay. So that night I went home. I was getting chest pains, bad chest pains. Like felt like somebody stuck a uh, corkscrew in my chest. I kept it. So I go go to Lenox Hill Hospital, middle of the night. He'd be poking up to all the machines. Oh, you had a, some kind of heart blockage, but 87% of the population has it. But we want to admit you overnight for observation. I said, listen, I just got fired from my day job. I got two days left of training for my night job. So if I stay here, I lost that boat. He goes, so basically I got to sign myself out to the hospital. The doctor's like, you're crazy. Bye, bye, bye. I got to do it. We're going to do it. <laughs> so I signed myself out. Uh, down the road, I get a bill for $4,000 from Lenox Hill Hospital. My insurance denied my bill. Me, I was on vacation, so I had my pay stuff for the first week of May, which would cover me for the month of May. So I kept going, I got insurance, go see my day job, yeah, back and forth. He tried to say, oh, I resigned. Never resigned. Where's the, I never resigned. I never abandoned my job. You fired me. So blah, blah, blah. So I let it go. I kept going back and forth. Then Lenox Hill was going to put me in collections. So I go to, I go to Lenox Hill, financial services. I said, yeah, I'm here, I'm here to be responsible. I says, listen, I had insurance on that day. But that's neither here nor there. I'm going to address that issue later. But I know if I had insurance, insurance would be paying $4,000. Can I at least be, you know, can we just compromise? Lady wouldn't budge. No, you owe $4,000. Yeah, no, give me the insurance rate. Give me, like, well, at least the real give me rate. Right. Yeah, right. You know? <laughs> no, no, no. It's $4,000. Okay, so I paid him $4,000. So now, after that, my boss, the day boss, comes to a census. Listen, can we sit down? I'm sorry. I messed up. I need you. You're a good mechanic. I understand what you, Okay. So I said, oh, Bill, you don't understand. I said, okay, I don't understand. But I knew I was getting the money back from him. I do overtime, whatever. I was getting money little by little. And uh, I used to, I drove Yellow Cab for 30 years. I don't know if you know that. No, I didn't know that either. That was a big, that was another story. Anyway, so I was driving Yellow Cab on the weekends, and I dropped these girls off in Chelsea, and somebody got in. They had a brand-new cab. They always took care of me. I, I knew the dispatchers for a year. And so this girl says, oh, yeah, take me 123rd in Lenox. I'm like, well, where did this come from? So this girl's in a brand-new car. I'm going up the west side of the highway. I hear, so what the heck is that? And the windows aren't open, right? So now I'm at 125th. She wakes up. Well, what are you doing? I mean, when I heard the whistling and stuff, I didn't see anyone in the car. I'm like, and I'm looking in the mirror. I'm turning around. So she gets out at the red light. Like, she's going to get out without pain. Just walk out. Mm-hmm. So uh, I get out. I go to grab her. Yo, where are you going? She comes and clocks me in the temple with a Blackberry. And the kids are in the bus stop and across you. Oh shit! Oh no, she did it. And just instinctively, I laid into the, this girl. She went flying out of her shoes. I heard her hit it to the side. Boom! And I just looked up two cars behind my cab with the police. Aye. I'm like, did they see that? I don't know. But I'm worried about the crowd now coming after me. You know, I was like, so I get back in the cab, turn the lights off. You know, <laughs> I just I just book. But now I have like this lump, and like the, the lights went out for a minute. So I go to Mount Sinai. Betis or whatever. <laughs> oh, you have a concussion, five days bed rest, stay home, don't, you know, okay. From a Blackberry, she must yeah, have She got me right in the car. I had a nice knot. And I, the lights went out for like, yeah, yeah. so, so okay. So now my, my day job never paid sick time, but they paid above union scale. But mm-hmm. back then, no no sick time. He gave you vacation. So I got to call it. If you don't call in sick, I'm not getting paid. Right. Yep. But every day, every day. Yep. What? So I come back. I had all the papers in my pocket. Hey, uh, so how was your vacation? I throw, I throw out the, the, the doctor's thing, five days. And I said, your wife's a, a, a nurse or a doctor. Take that to her. Yeah, go get your tools and call me. I know I'm getting fired. I go get my tools. I come back. Yeah, it's not working out. You got too much stuff going on, too much drama. 
you know, the lady hits you with the cat. What are you doing? I said, I so you leave. So I said, okay. So I, it was two days before the statute of limitation expired, so I can sue him for the $4,000. So I go to the afternoon. I write to the courts, more claims. I file him for a breach of contract, right? So now he's pulling up. He goes to court. Uh, yeah, I just say court, court. That means you're asking for a judge. I don't want an arbitrator because you're going to go like 15 times. It's at night. Right? right, I live right down the block, so I says it ain't costing me nothing, you know. And it was a big like playoff game, Yankees Boston, and the vice president shows up, and he lives at the end of Long Island. Says, uh, "Yeah, Dave, you know what time you're getting home tonight? You're gonna come in like 15 times. So what is it worth?" And then he tries to send to one of his like office secretary people that handles his like customer complaints. I says, "No, I told the judge, oh, he used to be, he's not a representative of the corporation. He's, he has to be a lawyer or an officer of the corporation. Oh, is that true? Yeah. So now they have to send a lawyer every time. Right. So I go there 15 times, 20 times, court, court. Now the final time, like, next, now we're ready for a judge. I get assigned a judge. I ask for, now I ask for my continuance. What do you mean? Yeah, my lawyer's not available. Who's your lawyer? I said, Marty Fish. Oh, how's Marty doing? Yeah, he's good. Like, the judge knows him. He, like, uh-huh. I was like part of the bar, you know, head of the <laughs> bar, right? So now I come the next time. Without Marty, hey, wait, wait, where's your lawyer? Did I tell you the next time? I said, yeah, oh, no, Marty's uh, daughter's getting married. I like my bullshit. You know, the judge says, really? Oh, I didn't hear about that. So now, <laughs> now I go, I go. so I go, now it's the final thing. So now they're going to pay. How much? So now they say, he's, he's telling my lawyer all this stuff. He's, he's talking like he's firing me for absences because I was taking off and, and everything. And then he tried to tell him, oh, no, he, he resigned. I didn't resign. And the lady was a bookkeeper. She was a Jehovah Witness. I said to her in front of I resigned? Subpoena Iris, uh, you know, the, the secretary, she's Jehovah Witness. They don't lie. Right. You know, they're not going to lie. And then when the, the corporate, she just liked me because I used to travel all the time. If I come back, tell me about your trip. Right. She loved me. So he goes, how? Okay. Yeah, but we told him. He left. We told him. What about Cobra? Yeah, that was verbal. So my lawyer's like, verbal? Since when? Okay. Just ask him how much he wants. He goes, so I was staying away out of it because he said, keep that guy away from me because I was, I was slamming him. And so he goes, he goes, um. The judge says, how long has Peter worked for you? It's like 15 years. You used to want me to go ask? Okay. So we, he does his little shuffle. He goes, Peter, how much? He takes three steps from him. I'm down the hall. How much do you want? All of it. He turns around. He goes, all of it. You know, <laughs> the, the $4,100. He goes, and my lawyer goes to him. My God, let me ask you something after they, they agree to it. Uh, what kind of, how do you run your business? Like you, you like you said, you come in here 19 times or whatever. It's a minimum right, of $500 right, a time. Right, right. He goes, you know, my client's wrong. You know, Peter's going to spend 10000 if you have 1000 of his in your pocket to get it back. But this one, this cost him nothing. And then, so we entered into the general agreement, and you have 30 days to pay the money. So the 30 days passed. I didn't get the money, so I called up the owner company. I says, uh, yeah, Phil, you know, I don't know if your lawyer advised you of this. Obviously, his advice ain't worth nothing because he would advise you to settle. But that's another story. But uh, it's 30 days and you haven't paid me. That was part of the agreement. So I can take you back in court now and sue you for triple damages. I thank you for that because I could use this 12 grand right now. <laughs> oh, hold on. Yeah, so. Uh, <laughs> so 20 minutes later, I get a call from my lawyer. Hey, Peter, listen, this guy just called. Are you home? Yeah, stay home. They're going to send you a check and he says, you don't call him no more. They sent a black car with the check. Yeah, From Manhattan. You know, it's like, you know, it's like, but it's two days short of like uh, the the statute of limitations. You, you just well, down to the wire. <laughs> so these motherfuckers gotta, never want to pay. They no, never want to pay. I know that's pay. not relevant to why we're here, but don't worry about it. Okay. So, what about doing art? Are you interested in doing art? The fine art, though. 
the fun, def- you know, canvases for sale. No, art I, for commerce. No, I really. That was like I used to. I know a, you would dabble here and there. Yeah, but you know, but that's because people wore me down. Like I need a can- yo dog. Like my like a good. But friend, I mean, who wouldn't want to? You know, I'm just saying. Like, if you, somebody wanted to get a PJ piece, how would they do that? Would they contact you and they'd they'd have to commit? There's a few out there, so you'd have to contact somebody who personally has one because. Uh, so you're done. Shop is closed. I, I can't say I'm done because you know, like. I used to give stuff away because if I know I found the proper home for for somebody that liked it rather than I – t- let me back. Let me – what I was saying before we started this off, why, why I got turned off by – We had we had a very, very good discussion before you got here, Brad. Okay. That was not recorded. So <laughs> whatever. My phone is off. So my company's looking for me. That's on them, whatever. So anyway, this was – in the early – late 70s, early 80s when people started so I remember Fashion Moda. Right. Okay. People painting on plywood or whatever. Uh, I was in the beginning with Ali and Futura at Soul Artists sure. on Columbus at 106. But the, the explosion was Europe, okay? Mm-hmm. Yaki Corman and uh, everyone's going over Amsterdam, Blade, Quick, and Scene, okay? I was telling you. And then there's Safari Gallery, uh, Mercer Gallery over here. Uh, I, I used to watch Scene paint crazy stuff, stuff that is great. But then he'd go to whoever else was going to be in the show and seeing what they were painting, and he would go back and repaint what he did because... It wasn't like in... He, he felt he was in competition okay. or he, he, he his whole scope of... I used to tell him, you're painting because he's thinking what would sell or what the buyer or the gallery owner would like. I said, man, you're corrupting your whole creative process because you're, now you're painting for the man with the dollars. You know, people ask you to paint paintings to match their fucking couch. That's I'm like, I, I don't want... Like, don't... Don't but ever say people, that to me. people do that. They, they, they might like, well just, you like, know, like, it'll go with the couch. Well, if they give you enough money, I mean, you, well, you tell them the couch is <laughs> okay. The, the paint is going <laughs> to. You, you tell them. You That's tell right. Them, Buy a new couch to match the painting. How about that? Oh, there you go. But I, I just, it just, you know, I just found that, you know, like, you know what? Like I said, it's I, not I, for you. No, but here's another thing too. You know what? Like I, the business is the art business is disgusting. It, it makes is. You it fucking is. Grovel it's it's the same gross. as same as the movie business sure. and everything else. Sure. It's like you you see who gets to in these sell, shows. It's who yourself. you know or these people they can control. So I'm gonna mm-hmm, keep mm-hmm. these artists in my stable. There's other guys a loose cat in you know or it's a lot of pimps in the game, right? There's right? a lot like, of pimps in the game, and people don't want to acknowledge that. Okay, but but like. I, I never did drugs. People find that hard to believe. Uh, I don't keep alcohol in my house. I go out, I have a social. I'll drink a few More nice me. beers. But, uh, <laughs> but the, the graffiti remained my cat and mouse. It was a tamer criminal game to me, you know, cat and mouse game. Okay? Right. Uh, okay, see, I, I, I did the crime. Like, we used to do commercial burglaries. It was babysitting. You would just that, do it. That right. was just that was right. just the money was nice. It was that was my adrenaline. That was my rush. Right. Okay. Because and, there really is no greater rush than yeah. than doing some illegal. Graffiti. Getting away with and it. Then, you know right, what I'm saying? Right, like right. I always had and then that. Going and, back and looking I always at had it. people say, yo, you always had the scam, like whatever to register my cars out of state for whatever reason, this or that, or the IDs. It's just like I got away, you know, it's mm-hmm. like not that I was using it for nothing. But I I had that to fall back on. Like, why am I going to pay New York State registration fees every year? I can register my car in Montana, lifetime, no sales tax. But it can't be. I tell people, and then they find that, wow, you're going to go buy a new car and give $9,000 in sales tax. You're crazy. Mm. Every time you hit a pothole, ask them why you're $9,000 and go to fix that pothole in the road. Right. You know, that's, you know, that's the way I'm wired, you know. But 
And the corporations do the same thing too. So you of don't have to. You don't do. have to be a rich to, you know, avail yourself to the loopholes that are out there. That's right. Shout but, out to Delaware corporations. Yeah, <laughs> I'm Montana LLC. <laughs> you like Montana? Huh? Yeah. Okay. But yeah, uh, all right. but Good to so know. like like I said, I, I didn't want to. Like you said, you, you once you get into that, and it's all. You got to suck ass, you know, you, when you meet these people, the meet and greets and this and that. It's a lot of bullshit. There's a you know, lot. It's all political. Right, I, right, I see right. it, even though I'm not, I'm just, I'm not, it. Oh, just, I don't want to be in this person, hang my stuff, get my stuff away from this, you know, and uh, it's like, and then uh, here's the best one. Like you see people, they're getting flown all over the world now. Before, when you wanted to go paint a German train, you got to find some German kids. Yo, can you right, put me right, up? Right. Give me a spot mm-hmm. on the floor or you stay in some dingy hostel. Now the galleries are flying out, but yet. Why don't you go paint a legal train? They'll go out there to paint a cardboard train down the block and uh, you have a legal train. Oh, it's not worth it. Not worth what? Now you have more money. You've been selling for 30 years. I know you have real estate. So if you get caught, you now you had back in the days, it was a bigger risk to you. You know, I love the idea. Oh, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Oh, it's not going to run. It's not going to run. You know, the, the guys but, it, started, but isn't it a shame, though, that graffiti is now relegated to a photograph? Like it's not about the actual wall, the train. But, or whatever's been painted, it's it gets diminished into a photograph, and that's all. But see, I don't like, hold that argument because I I I I was just doing this stick twelve countries in twelve months. Uh-huh. Okay, at the end of the month, I was going to a different country. Uh-huh. I was in Stockholm. And, yes, uh, no, I was watching your Instagram. Okay, uh, and I wanted to. And do you were paint, you were painting like a beast. Listen, it was hard. In five minutes, I'm like, this is like Mission Impossible mission. You know, I'm not, I'm not you know no spry young adolescent like I was, but like I said. But I still painted the train. Did I need the photograph? No. It's just I painted for myself. I don't like, here you go. I went to Russia. People thought I was crazy. You know, like, yo, what happens if you get arrested there? I says, I don't plan on finding out, hopefully. But if hey, I got to deal with that one day, why, you know, and you think about it. It's not only because people like in Russia, you people back in the days, they, they protected the yard against vandalism, people stealing copper and everything. Right. Now they're protecting it from terrorists. Right. People putting a bomb on the train. So, right. you know, when I first got out of prison, I told I told Cena, I said, listen, I want to do whole cars every night. I don't care. I was on I was on state parole and, and double parole. I go back to me, I was thinking, I go back to the penitentiary. What's your back? What's your violation? Oh, graffiti. I'd be laughed off the yard, you know what I'm <laughs> saying? But you know, but you got hey Pady, easy as it was you thought it was when you left. So we're circling like at the sixth yard and mm-hmm. you have to do fences, the double razor wire. I'm like, I'm at night and you know, you got the sodium vapor, everything's glowing. I'm maybe I've seen it. I was like, wow, if I says, if I could get into that yard, I would have been out of prison three years earlier, you know what I'm saying? Like, but it became a greater <laughs> mission, but like you said, the the bigger the risk, the bigger reward. You know, like uh, Russia. Even though I got chased, I didn't get to finish. The kids thought I was crazy. You know, that kids are thirty something years old. They yeah. call me pop. I was like, hey kids, all right, you, you don't want to go stay over there. You can video and and like I, like when the guy came out, I was running. I had no short of breath, whatever. Self preservation kicked in, and I and I was gone. Just to me, that was priceless to know. And hey, I at least tried. Right. I got off the porch. It wasn't for a photograph. It's it was just for the like experience. Stockholm. Like they they were all over, and these kids knew. They said it, the trains I did in Stockholm. Oh, that's going to run once, and they're going to pull it out. They were all marvel. That train ran the whole day. We hit that like a nine thirty in the morning. That train ran to ten at night, and seen all over the city, and all these people were sending me different videos. They, they, they marveled that. They're like, "Wow, that's that's impossible. It never happened before." So you never know. If you guys paint the train. It's not going to run. You, you know, if, 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 
when we, we went in the painted train before, you didn't do it knowing it was one. You went to the ghost yard, you never know if you're going to see that train again. Right. People at your rival crew is going to come paint over you or diss it. You don't know if that train's going to pull out that day, one day, or 30 days. Or so are you going to religiously photograph your stuff, or are you just hoping someone catches a flick of it and it'll be That's it. Get that, back like to I you. said, to me, knowing I did it, I, I, I'm doing it for the, the memory, for the, the, the act of getting over. Uh-huh. I did it. That's, that's enough. There's a lot of trades I painted I didn't get pictures of. Yeah. To this day, yeah. even back in the days, you know, like, whatever got covered over or no, I know, you know, so, mm-hmm. so you know, but I that doesn't take away from the fact that I that you did I committed myself to doing right, it, right, I attempted right. to do it, right. and like I said, I got over going home, riding that train home, saying mm, I used to walk my my bags to the train to go paint, and there's a transit cop sitting right there, like ding, I'm my, I'm trying to hold my cans from rattling and. <laughs> This fool, you know what I'm saying? Right. Sometimes the bag is so packed, you can see the shape, the form of the cans. What's yeah. this guy not thinking, you know? Yeah. you know. So how do you feel about other people sort of profiting off of the artwork that you made with their photographs? Because some of the trains that you painted are the most iconic, most well-known. But see, you know, like. you know what I mean? It's like it's it's you did the work. They did the fo- the photo, and then it becomes this iconic thing. It's sort of like yeah, I understand. I, I, without, I'll give you a perfect no, example. Okay, one of the first early shows of graffiti uh, was right down the block at three eighty three West Broadway. Okay, Harris Gallery. Okay, Henry had a couple of trains. There. I don't know, maybe twenty cars. Maybe it was a flute thing. The guy maybe need hey filler. Looked like it was just thrown together last minute. I was in there. I had a car in there. Smiley and Wasp. Wasp had a car in there. And while he was there, Henry sold the photos, I think, for two fifty of his car. And uh, he's like, "What two fifty? Yo!" So he's like pushing up on Henry. Hot Wasp was like six three, six four. You know, it's just crazy high. But he's a good guy. He went to Henry, like, try to extort money out of Henry. But first, he was just happy. Wow, I'm getting exposure. People are seeing people. Henry, that's the oldest. Henry. That's the oldest line in the book. It's you're gonna have. It's great exposure. But but but, but can I go back though? But I had okay. to pull Wasps aside. It says you have to stop and think why you got into this beginning. Why did you paint that train? Did you paint that train thinking, you know, it's gonna get you up some right, commercial money, ladder or right, whatever? And, right. It was it to me. It was an art. No, that was graffiti. That was an era of giant throw up. Like I said, the fine art. What you know, like some 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 throw ups are artistic. Some people have some of the greatest throw ups I ever. You know, that would be me. You know, anyway. but, uh, but but you have to. For me, like somebody's taking pictures, that's in the public domain. I did it for the people. Okay. Oh, oh, oh. But then all of a sudden, money comes into it. What? How do you feel about that? Because that changes. You know, it, it's great that it's public domain and it's giving love and joy to people, and it's uh, you know, influencing people and and teaching people. But then all of a sudden, someone's profiting off of your work how do you feel about that is it something that you can ever control really I mean, fully I, I, I mean that that's in itself is a full-time job trying to find out every image of yours that's been pixelated and sold or repixelated that's what and, i and fucking it, do all day and, and, i'm well, like I, this motherfucker man but so <laughs> but really it's most i mean what do they get what do you what do you make off of you don't i don't make anything of it no but the, what is the photographer like you're talking about photographers they make the entire like if they're selling their no but photo, i'm saying like honestly well, how much are they going to sell that photo for but they but the thing is let's say they sell that photo for 250 dollars like right. you said right it's they can make a thousand million copies of it and keep selling right. it over but and over and over. How about the photo? Books. How about the people that 
whole life are photos or, or the majority of life. You have Martha Cooper, Henry Chalifant, okay? Right. Henry Chalifant in his own right doesn't need the money. Uh-huh. Never needed the money. Came okay. for money or whatever. Has is a sculpture artist by himself, whatever. I know it's like I put my photos on. His I always, wife, his wife is right. like the the one. Right, okay. Okay. House of Cards. Even anyway, yeah. so uh, like uh, what was I saying? So you got the you, you have you have the photos. I had my own photos. I took sequential shots just like Henry back okay. in. I didn't rely on Henry for his photos. And I people jack photos off of my site. I don't you know, I, I stopped putting up photos I didn't know what I, or angles or shots that aren't because from straight I, on, I have, right? I have so a majority of my cars with my windows. Okay. And, but I even put out there and I used to comment, you know, tongue in cheek on Instagram, remember where do you jacked this from? And people mm-hmm. were like, Hey, just found this. I see you didn't find shit, you ripped it from me. Right. But the, but they would trip over themselves to try to give credit to Martha Cooper. Or Henry. And and I had the argument with Jason. I'm like, yeah, what is that? Oh, yeah, but she's a professional. So she's a professional. So like when when Jason was doing his uh, book, that art, whatever. Did Jason do a book? Yeah. Okay. He did. So what? Attic was on the cover of the book. I forgot the title of the book. Like Graffiti 365 or whatever. Okay. Part of that series. Okay. from. Uh, I, I gave him a lot of images. Uh-huh. I had the negatives. And in the beginning, Martha Cooper Oh, but I want credit for my photos. So that says, oh, says, yeah, why don't you put credit for Oh, yeah, yeah, no, but, you know, Abrams was a publisher, right? Uh-huh. So they're like, oh, yeah, no, but, she, but she's a professional. I says, wait, so you're using her photo. My photo is enough quality as well to be published. So what makes her any, I'm not asking you for no money, so pay me a dollar, then it makes me professional for that photo, correct? So define, you know, how do you put a value uh, absent an exchange of money? If it's going into a product that's going to be sold, who's to say uh, my photo inside that book sold? Right. So that makes you know right, but like marketing wise, to have like the the mother of you know graffiti photography to be in, but you know you can understand. Well, how why. about this end? I have a lot of original canvases. Okay. Secretly, I brought. Okay. But I see p- images, prints of canvases that I own being sold. Now that's a different story. So who's who? How are they getting images of it? So I asked. So is it the original? The I original? have the original painting. No, but who? How did? Are people coming into your house and being like? No, no, I'm saying whatever. You're like but invite I, me over I'm for coffee. Saying, <laughs> you would think if you own the painting, you own the image. So I inquired about that. I'm like, because I know one was being commercially uh, a print. I don't want to mention people's names because both the artist and the person selling the print are my friend. Okay. Okay. Well, I was uh, just curious though because they didn't know I brought. The original canvas. Okay. Right? So I'm like, and then they're telling me, okay, but you buy the painting, but the artist still retains the print right to the paintings. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about that. No, they you know? don't. You, It's the painting. I have no idea. Is its own. Provenance, right? Or right, whatever. Correct. Or whatever. But, uh, you know, but. Now, I don't, a copyrighted I don't image of the painting if they own the okay, so the painting was sitting IP in the show. On that, like, yeah, then say the they, painting was sitting in the show two years before I brought the painting. Okay, whatever, it didn't sell, and I quiet about that. Oh, you're that. I think oh, right, that. yeah. But who knows how many people took the image of the correct while it was hanging in that show? Correct. Now they're making prints and selling prints or putting on a shirt or what have you. You know, but meanwhile, I own the painting. But if you look at anything else, you like. You take an image of somebody else's painting, it's going to be property of the estate of that artist. Right. You know, it, it's, it's scary. Look at Let's you say, going from bootlegs to originals. So I like that. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just, you, you're putting like, you know, you, you're putting, a, you, you're trying to say who controls the rights right. to 
It's uh, the uh, distribution uh, of it. It's that's what it is. Because if, ma- if you painted a wall, right. you painted the wall, and I took a picture of the wall and made a print of that, same as I own this painting. But there's people still out there. So in theory, okay, in theory, let's say you took a picture of my wall and you blew it up and you hung it up in your house and you just had it. It's your painting. I mean, it's your photo. It's your you own it, right? But then. Once you go, I guess you could, you know, privately sell it or whatever. But once you put it on um, a third party like selling site, then all of a sudden ownership comes into play because there's money. And that's uh, anytime there's money, the hackles come we'll see, up. Everyone, there you go. Right. To, let's go back to the Old Testament. The Romans are root of all evil because yeah. once there's money involved, right. people catch feelings. Right. You know? right. And I tell people, you want to catch feelings, go on the dance floor. You know, don't. don't. <laughs> Ah. <laughs> Excuse me, I run that line in the casino all the time. I'm a big blackjack player. Oh, I have a feeling a big card's coming. I'm no big card. This is, you know, you want to catch feelings, go on the dance floor. Get the hell out of here, you know? Yep. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's no feelings in this game, you know? Right. Facts, not feelings. <laughs> but, uh, it, it, but but money changes people. Like, it does. You, you got to go back you, you, yourself. You're, you're an artist. Like you say, define art. Why did we... Why do we pick up that can, that can, or why did you pick up that designer? Where was your end game? Where was your end game? To me, I didn't paint graffiti to make money. All I right. painted graffiti to sort of um, challenge myself and see like how far I can like push it, and then um, you know the game changed for me, and I was like, oh, I have like a brand here, like I have a logo that actually like people like wanna have a piece yeah, of or they I, I want to be a part that. of. I understand that. But you're asking from me. Right, from you. To right. me, it was a vocation. Right. It was more of a release. That was my It was a hobby. Stre- it right. wasn't about to be like a job. Right. Okay. Right. And like Richie years ago when they were so Mark I, Echo getting up game. Yo, I, you know, I wasn't really speaking to scene at the time. And, and so, okay, can we do, can we talk wait, about wait. why did you and scene uh, about, have a breakup? Well, because, can I, let me finish. Yeah, okay. okay. So then- uh, Ed, Metal Man Ed, calls okay. me. He was a rich. Oh, the, uh, listen, uh, 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 wants to put you in this video. The first Mark Echo mm-hmm. getting up. I got, uh, and I knew he was calling on behalf of C. Wanted mm-hmm. to do the mm-hmm. whole scene. Maybe that was to bridge whatever happened. I was like, sure. oh, I'm not interested in that. I told him, but there's money involved. I said, let me tell you something. Richie should tell you, I'm not enticed by money. I don't need to hear the number. I, I'm not motivated by money. Thank God you didn't do that horrible game. It was just like, it just went nowhere. It just didn't do anything. They no. paid people like a couple thousand bucks, but like. But he, he was a, you know, like that, like even like when he, and he had that thing, he's painting the trains in Chelsea and mm-hmm. they had Doro there. Mm-hmm. I brought up his, uh, and uh, Valone was trying to shut it down. Yes. And I told him, I said, did you know there's a convicted pedophile on there? Oh. You know, so that was an egg on Ket's face because Ket's the one that got Doro in there, so. You know, and so Mark mm. Echo, you invited him, you get, or Min, Min too was like, what, Doro's, he watches my kids, you know, like. Uh, oh, my God. See, I, I watch what people, I watch what people hang out with. Don't tell me, like, oh, you want to be in this show? Who's in this show? I asked him, how can you be in this show? I didn't know who's in the show because you didn't want to ask. You didn't want to know. You right. Know? You'd say, you'd be like, ugh, I can't. Exactly what you can say, you know, like, oh, you don't, you don't bother asking. Like, there's other artists people have allegations about, you know, which I just. You deal with him. I watch who you deal with. Don't come to me the next day about. And I see you with this guy the day before. Don't don't play you didn't know. Even Martha Cooper said I didn't know about Doro. Jason had to send her the link from the Department of Corrections. You know that once, twice. You know, please give me a break. You know, right? Because uh, that's somebody they can manage. And oh, if you're good, I'm helping the poor guy out. You know, he's found religion now. Whatever. Yeah. Okay. Right. 
Ah. That's you have to. The you know I'm not saying I'm. Uh, yeah, people like I said, people change when when there's money involved, right? For the good or for the bad. And so say, you know, if you have a lot of money, you're gonna have people, false people around you. You're only there because of your money. Right. You have nothing and don't care about nothing. The people around you are there for you, right? So. So everybody yeah. throw all your your um yeah. your material items yeah, away yeah, and see, right see who, who who's sticking by Meet you. Meet me at my compound at Stone Ridge in New so York. So what happened between you and Richie if you um or see or seen as you know the world knows? Because that is almost heartbreaking. You guys are like brothers. People grow apart, you know, you see Well, I'll put it this way. He has my number, I don't have his. My number never changed. Okay. I don't have his phone he does have a phone i don't have his email you know but uh uh there was a show in uh because we're not getting any younger right mm-hmm. wouldn't don't As you a, th- a friend i told you today a friend right. of mine at work died on the operating table yesterday right, right? and so i, I realized you know you know it's, uh our, our morality is there you know like i said you know each each day is a regret each day that passes you know it's a regret that you didn't do something sure you know i don't go to funerals my family's or, or for years, because you know what, everyone bullshit you at a funeral. You go to a funeral. Oh, if they were only alive, I, I would have said this. I didn't get a chance to say that. And then you feel, oh, how you been? I ain't seen you in thirty years. Thirty years. My number hasn't changed. I say the same shit. Did you call me? You know, don't, don't, don't. You know. Plus, if they do a bad job in the person, that's not the last image I want of sure. that person. Sure. No, you know? I mean it can be very. I rather remember in my mind the good times. And the rest of the people, it's all just uh, pomp and circumstance. They're sure. all trying to still be. You know, hey, how you been? Oh, guy, yeah, you know, please just stay away from the the the, the fakeness. You know, uh, you're forgazy. Get out of my sight. You know, that's big. Yeah, Keeping but, uh, it real, PJ. I fucking love this. You know, so oh, it's, it's fucking, it, it, you know, no, it's just it's just what it is. You know, well, it's like, because I just I. What are you know, think about it. every funeral you go to? People, especially your family, they're like, oh, how you been? Where you been? Like I said, my number. Like, yeah, yeah, oh, well, you know, you know. It's, and then the money comes, and then, then we talk about when they think there's an estate to be divided up, and people, oh, whoa, oh whoa, yeah, whoa. well, that, then, then you really, then, then the gloves come off on that, the knives come out, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, so I don't want to know about it, you know? Right. So if people want to catch up with you, where can they find all your stuff? On Instagram, PJ. <laughs> PJYBX. All right, BX, repping the BX, yo. All right, so we will give. Um, uh, a more descriptive detail of your Instagram at the in the intro in the, yeah, in the intro and stuff or the <laughs> anything outro. else that's it my darling you, you sure? are free to go uh, okay <laughs> you are free to go even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Oh my god! Don't you love him? Oh, he's just so—he is so funny. Can't say anything about the Jews. <laughs> I wanted to know what exactly specifically he was going to say if he's sitting around with like a bunch of rabbis <laughs> and he was going to say something about the Jews. Like, what would you? What would it be? 
feel like, aren't you guys really cheap? Come on. <laughs> Just admit it. You can tell me. I won't, t- I won't tell anybody. <laughs> tell me the truth. I mean, we all are, right? We all are. Come on. Everybody likes to save a buck. <laughs> I go to Montana. I'm not paying sales tax. <laughs> he could be an honorary Jew. Um, I also was looking, you know, in my research, I was like, oh, let me see if I can find some, like, PJ canvases because maybe they're, like, on there. And somebody is doing these, like, his crew, United Artists, UA, pieces and tagging them as PJ, but they have, like, nothing to do with him. Oh. There's a guy named Pistol Pete who is in, like, the terror squad who, like, is in jail. Right. And and then there is... um, a graffiti writer named PJ that has so much more stuff on the internet about like I it was very difficult to like find it's the same information so right. I really do hope he works on a book yeah because especially if he if he dishes and I mean <laughs> before you got here I got all the dirt oh, but shit. like yeah that's the problem when people are early I'm like they to, give you the I'm good I'm going to have to wire you they give me the good I'm shit before wire you yeah up. and I was like if there's anything that you know just be careful what you say because we're not yeah. you know just make sure you know this is going to be like a broadcast mm-hmm. and he's like I got no problem telling <laughs> telling people how it is and I love that about him yeah um Anyhow, to find out more about PJ, you not must— Not a lot. He's a very private individual. Right. But, you know, you can—he's uh, he's on the—he's on the inter—he's on the Instagrams. He's on the webs. He's on the webs. PJBX. P-J-A-Y-B-X. Get off the porch, kids. <laughs> Shout out to Bubbles. Thank you, Bubbles. Thank you, Bubbles, for being bubblicious. The music is delicious. Shout out to everybody at Acast, our whole crew. Thanks, Allie. Thanks, Tim. Allie, Tim, Stephanie, all the A-casters, all of you with no names and no faces <laughs> that we see all the time and don't talk to. We um, love you. We sub- love you, too. Go subscribe to my other podcast, Going S- Off Track. Go subscribe to Going Off Track. It's so exciting. You know, Sandwag doesn't follow me. They're very exclusive. No way, really. <laughs> <laughs> I was all up on your Instagram. I'll change, I'll change that right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm follow pleased. me. Follow me. I need followers. Um, and I'm on the gram, of course, at Claw Money on every, all the platforms. The platforms. Except for like Swarm. The Plats. The, the Plats. Check me on the Plats. What Swarm? Do you know about Swarm? Ah, come on. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that is either. And they're always like, do you want like ch- like share this to Swarm? I'm like, ew, no. Um Clonco, my my brand and my team, so funny. And um, you can go to my website at clawandco.com. Mm-hmm. Well, it's I a good it. website. Check it out if you haven't. I, I go, in, I check it out every so often. We're about to update. Fun. We're about. We're changing it's our whole fun. our whole website. All right, good. Yeah, it's a lot of um, change is good. Change is good. I'm really sick of white websites. Did I tell you that? No. Board. But I back it. I think things have gone dark. Go dark. Go dark, right? Yeah. But now I have to like retake all my product pictures with like a black background. Oh, it's so annoying. <laughs> right? Or it's gonna just come up in like white, like white squares. Oh, and a black background. That's okay. Don't use, don't use totally black, use something else. Yeah. Use a maybe. pattern. Yeah. Oh, just imagine like batch loading them all into Photoshop and like, oh, it just sounds so horrible. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, the life of a merchant, of an online merchant. <laughs> All right. Um, we won't torture you any further. We'll see you uh, in two weeks. Bye. Bye.